Production. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Uh, I want to welcome everybody to the show Thursday, March 23rd, 2017, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the East Coast, uh, Eastern Time Zone. Uh, again, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in. Uh, again, shout out. Try to try to get in the habit of doing this in the beginning. Uh, shout out to the um, international listeners. Uh, we appreciate all the emails. No, you can't, um, you know, be live on the call, and, and uh, some can't even get to the chat room, but you live stream it. Uh, so we appreciate everybody on the international level streaming it. Uh, people out there in Australia, Jagasu and the crew, always like to shout them out. They're on here every week. Uh, Portugal, Philippines, uh, all over the Caribbean, Barbados, Trinidad, St. John, St. Thomas, uh, St. Croix, Jamaica, Trinidad, uh, if I missed any places, forgive me. Um, international Canada, some more international, uh, England, France. Uh, shout out to the uh, new crew that's listening out there in Ghana. Uh, I didn't forget about the show that you want us to do, brother. We definitely got that upcoming. Uh, I try to schedule that topic uh, that you had asked and requests for next month. We'll definitely, we'll definitely do that. Just be patient. Um, so, again, shout out if I missed anybody. My apologies, not done intentionally. Uh, just wanted to acknowledge we we appreciate your support because um, you, the international listeners, have really made this thing, you know, outside of, again, all of our listeners, we greatly appreciate inside the United States, East Coast, West Coast, and Central. Um, you know, we appreciate the international listeners really really giving this show a push and, and, and spreading it uh, to places that, you know, wasn't really our intention when we first started out a little while back. So, you know, definitely most appreciation and thanks to you guys for for live streaming it and supporting it and, and spreading the word. We appreciate that. Okay, having got that out of the way, uh, a couple quick announcements before we get into it. And, and again, I'll make these announcements uh, at the end of the show or no, not really towards the end, towards the middle to the end where most people are, are tuned in live. Uh, we've got an event tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. at uh, Cultural Expressions. It's a, a drumming ceremony for the Congo Spirit. Um, all, all the tires, all black, no exceptions. Um, be prepared to participate. Uh, as I said, it's a participation ritual. Be a lot of intense drumming going on, uh, spiritual cleansing, things of that nature. Um, those that have attended one in the past kind of know to an extent what it's about. This one's going to be a little bit different than some of the previous ones we did. Um, uh, but that will start at 7.30 p.m. sharp tomorrow night, Cultural Expressions, Hollywood, Florida, uh, followed by the next day of class that I'll be doing in um, Sophia's Garden. Uh, title of that class is One Must Go Into the Darkness to Do the Work of the Light. Yes, we took that catchphrase from the uh, Assassin's Creed movie, but we're going to get a little bit more in-depth into that. It's not uh, about the Assassin's Creed movie, but it's about that concept, and uh, we'll kind of expound further avenues of what that really means and how it applies uh, when you're working on this path of self-mastery. Um, when we say left-hand path, I don't like to say regular, you know, left-hand path, origin of ancient Egypt or Africa, because that's just a term. But unfortunately, that term has been uh, given a negative uh, connotation. So we're not talking about left-hand path the way Europeans practice it, uh, because the origin of this spiritual practice goes back to ancient Egypt and Africa, which we'll elaborate on. Uh, so those events upcoming, uh, you can email khnum19 at gmail.com right here at the radio show. We'll send you information on those events. We'll get you out the flyer. 
has the uh, address, contact information, and things of that nature on there. Uh, again, kanum19 at gmail.com. Uh, hit me up, and we'll get that out. I know some of you uh, have contacted me. Well, looking forward to seeing some of you all out there tomorrow. So uh, be prepared to move. Uh, Brothers Jack, Brother Mike uh, will be out there drumming. Um, so we'll have that going. Uh, that will be this weekend, which leads us to tonight's show. Um, topic that me and Brother Ravana Noon basically came up with the other day. I think it's important because of a lot of the things that are going on. First and foremost, we'd like to just get out of the way. If you're a brand-new listener, first time tuning into the show, we just want to be crystal clear on what you're listening to. Um, this is, again, this is not a religious show. This is not a philosophical, faith-based, dogmatic show. We don't adhere to one particular ideology, group, organization, or leader. want to make that shit crystal clear. Uh, we don't exclusively succumb to one doctrine or promote one individual as the know-it-all to everything, as if they have the complete lock on the truth. Anybody that tells you that they are the sole source and have the lock on the truth, run as far away from the motherfuckers as you can because they got an agenda. And it's pure deception that's laced behind it. What this show is about is the occult, African black magic, sorcery, witchcraft, the occult, metaphysics, alchemy, things of that nature, which all lead to and tie into what we call the path of self-mastery, where you're the sole governor and controller on your path of spirituality. Ain't nobody dictating shit for you what to and to not do. You make those decisions yourself. Those decisions shape the path that you lay out and map for yourself, which in turn are going to determine the results that you get, which we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. That's what this show is about. So if you stumbled across it by accident or if you came across it or somebody told you about it or you stumbled across one of our social media sites, we just want to be crystal clear. That's what the show is about. We're not interested in religious bullshit. We're not interested if you belong to a group or an organization and you're trying to promote that shit or the individual over that organization, then get your feelings stomped and hurt. So don't waste your time and energy. Might not be the show for you. Just wanted to throw that shit out there. Uh, we never really have a problem with that, but occasionally every now and then you got to stomp a motherfucker on top of the head and put him in their place. And we have no problem doing that. So I just want to make that shit crystal clear. Uh, you don't want to go there with us. Trust me when I tell you that. Um, having got that part out of the way, most of the things, or I'm going to say 99.9% of the things that we talk about, uh, we're talking from an experience perspective. You'll hear us talk about a lot of esoterical and mystical orders and fraternal orders Yes, we have or still belong to those orders and have traveled those paths or are continuously traveling some of those paths, such as the Rosicrucian Order, the Martinist Order, Freemasonry, Shriners, um, OTO, Order Templi Orientis. Uh, we've also been initiated in a lot of African-based spiritual systems, Palo, Ifa. Uh, again, from experience. We're not talking about it because we read a few books, caught a few lectures on YouTube, or attended a few live lectures and we felt like we were a bunch of egotistical assholes, and we felt like we knew everything. That's not what we do. We're telling you from experience. Now, having said that, we're not saying it's mandatory to become a part of, join, or get initiated in any of the aforementioned things. That's entirely up to you. But we do suggest if you're going to teach on those things, don't teach from an experience perspective if you do not have the experience, meaning most people have never walked through a Masonic Lodge and teach a lot of rhetoric and nonsense about masonry. It's part of the Illuminati. When you get up to a high part in the degrees, there's a homosexual aspect of it. You don't know that shit if you ain't never been through it. And trust me, I ain't never been through no lodge where there was any homosexual activity. So that's that YouTube conspiracy, you know, Illuminati bullshit 
that people feed into. If you really want to know, I simply say join a fucking lodge and go through and figure this shit out for yourself. And if anything comes like that, just leave and go the other way. Okay, it's that fucking simple. But that doesn't sell. It's not sensationalized. So niggas like to talk bullshit that it's this and it's that. Not just with masonry, with a lot of these other aforementioned things. So we took it upon ourselves a long, long time ago to pick what we decided we wanted the experience on. So now when we teach on it, we can correct what was wrong. How can you say the white man stole everything if you don't really know what he stole? And you're just going on speculation. You're just going on other people's opinions and sources. The greatest source is yourself. What better source is there to verify the truth than you? It's not the same as somebody comes and tells it to you. So that's what part of the path of self-mastery is about. That's going to kind of tie into the conflict aspect we want to talk about a little bit. Uh, but anyway, haven't mentioned that. Uh, wanted to throw that out there. Uh, so I'm going to bring in uh, real quick uh, my brother Ravana Noon, and he'll introduce himself. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead, brother. All right. All right, peace, everybody. Um, as uh, Brother Benita was saying, this path in uh, articulation of this path in this show is not for the weak, the feeble-minded, or the um, <laughs> those seeking love, peace, light, and all that crap. This show is about confrontation. It's about confronting yourself, confronting the aspects of yourself that you have refused to face, and it is the only way by confronting yourself that you'll overcome a lot of these self-imposed restrictions, limitations, uh, concepts, and ideas you've created about who and what you are or who and what you're not. So we specifically uh, will not cater to your ego. We will not cater to what you want to hear and how great you were. We will cater to the fact that what must be said is what must be said, whether you like it or not. Your personal opinions and your likes and dislikes is your personal issues you have to deal with. Not that we won't listen to it, but again, um, our experience has gained us a certain level of understanding where we're at today, and we're still going and increasing daily, every day, experiencing and growing. But do not come with that mindset that you think you read 10 books on whatever, and now you're the master. No, it's not going to happen. The reason you get the experience is so that through that experience, you you uh, basically increase your knowledge. Knowledge will lead to wisdom. Wisdom is that application of that knowledge. If you're not applying that knowledge and all you have is useless information, that's not going to do a damn thing for you. Trust me. We both know what that shit is all about. All that knowledge and all that rhetoric means nothing at the end of the day if you're not applying it to your life and utilizing it to cause a change in your life for something that is better than where you are at today. So be because of that, um, we go in depth into dealing with our darkness, our dark side, and our aspects within ourselves that many will not touch. For example, conflict, chaos. That is the discussion for tonight. So, with further ado, peace. Appreciate it, Brother Ramon Noonan. And, and something I want to tap on with it again, because we also got to get out of preconceived uh, notions and description of some of these terms. And what I mean, you heard Ramon Noonan say, in touch with your dark side. Well, 
if you're spooky and your mind wandered off into when you hear that that terminology and your mind wanders off into, oh, they must be talking about something demonic and evil and this and that, you're very spaced out and spooky, okay? Anything when you term demonic, evil, devilish, or the devil, you're trapped in a religious mind state, okay? That is not the reality that we're talking about. We even did in-depth breakdowns on demonology and the word demon itself. Go look it up for yourself. The modern-day spelling of it, as we said several times on the show, D-E-M-O-N, came after monotheism became firmly established. And the word demon became synonymous with this fictitious aspect of possessions and devils and demons and, and all that religious bullshit that people still have a hard time gravitating away from. We told you when you do the research, you'll see it came from when you go back into languages that predated the first English spelling of it in the Greek was D-A-E-M-O-N and simply broken down and defined as a highly intelligent being. That's what a demon really is. So you all should be wanting to get in contact with your personal inner demons. See, when you hear the word demons, you've been already programmed to think demons are something negative and something bad. That's not the case. So when you hear those terms, darkness and demon and your dark side, and the abyss, we're, when we're saying the dark side, the abyss, we're talking about limitless, no boundaries, endless. When you tap into the dark aspect or the abyss of your subconscious mind, you're going to the very inner depths of it where there's no limitations, where it taps into every aspect of your subjective realm. And your subjective realm is where you create your own personal realities. What do I mean when I say you create your own personal realities? Whatever crazy-ass dreams, thoughts, or things that you manifest in your subconscious mind, whether it's in a dream state, whether it's via astral traveling, whether it's just sitting around daydreaming and going into an alpha state, you are tapping into the very core of your existence, okay? And there's many different things in those aforementioned things that can be what some would term bizarre, some would term normal, some would term mainstream, some might even say they really, you know, you know, all out there. But to who? Not to you. So what this does is teach you how to put that which you yourself have tapped into into perspective, not let it be defined and identified by what mainstream philosophy, spirituality, religions, and dogma have determined what's normal, what's not, what's incorrect, and what's correct. See, that's the difference with this path. There is no judgment system there is no restrictions and boundaries and guidelines and this is why most people are never satisfied on a spiritual path and i think i mentioned this last week you'll find people that stay in philosophies and dogmas and organizations for long periods of time for two reasons one they're just loyal and they're afraid to even think outside of that box and they become so comfortable with what they're doing and they can't phantom anything outside of that being a reality, not because they know that there's nothing out there that's not more in-depth or thorough than that reality. They just choose to shut down. Then you have the other people who get disappointed because they get to a certain point in that spiritual journey, dogma, organization, where they feel like it's not fulfilling their needs. They feel like either the restrictions or the rules, they're just not seeing the full potential of themselves in it. So they do one of two things. They either gravitate and grow and find the right path, or they just jump into some other bullshit and that keeps them content for a short period of time. Then they get bored with that shit, and they bounce into something else. I'm sure everybody listening to this show right now knows somebody over the years that they see occasionally here and there. And every time you see this person, they're into some different shit. 
They, you know, that one time you saw them, they were, you know, a black Muslim. Then all of a sudden you see them, they're fucking Buddhist now. Then all of a sudden you see them again, they're back in the black power. Then you see them again, they're Hebrew Israelite. This is where that confusion or conflict comes in, and we're going to talk about that tonight. Because conflict makes that indecisiveness arise in the subconscious minds, and it blocks the individual's ability to make correct decisions for themselves. That's what conflict represents on one aspect. That's not the whole thing. So having said that, what we're going to talk about is, as you see, uh, the title of the show, Are Chaos and Conflict, are they, you know, they necessary on this path? It's not a matter of fact that they're necessary. It's you have no choice. It's, it's a part of it that will always exist, and you will have to address it at all times. See, this path never paints the picture that you're going to wake up every day and everything is going to be perfect and rosy and you're going to be holding hands, running through grass fields naked with grass blades tickling your ass, singing kumbaya and peace songs. This path never, ever promises that if you really study this path. The problem with a lot of other dogmas, I don't care if it's conscious or not, Egyptian or African, there's always some utopia or some great reward at the end, that there's some great afterlife or some great prize that you're going to attain when you get to this quote-unquote end portion of your journey. Now, we talked about last week, at what point does the student become the actual master? Conflict. We're going to talk a little bit more about that this week. So here's where the problem comes in. I think when people get on this path, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to have you elaborate a little more on this in a minute, I think when people come on this path, what tends to happen is they come on and subconsciously they still got locked in their mind. They think this is an escape route. It's a scapegoat, like, all right, everything's, I'm, my problems are solved. I'm just going to come in. I'm going to tap in, just like the brother said. I'm going to work a little magic and poof, voila, everything's just going to go away, and everything's just going to line up perfect for me. I'm not going to have no more family problems. I'm not going to have no more money problems. I'm not going to have any relationship issues. Everything's just going to be rosy, man. Everything's just going to it's, it's, it's over. I'm done. I got, you know, I got it all figured out. That you're going to find out in the, in the early stages of this, conflict can get even a little bit more intense. Because now that you have really awoken to the realization and reality of who and what you are, you'll find the influx of things tend to come at you a little heavier at first. But I promise you, once you get over the hump and you start to get things in its correct perspective and order, you will find out now you'll be able, it's like a pilot flying a plane through what they call turbulence, right? A good pilot knows how to, you know, how to, uh, navigate, knows what height to go, what height not to go, knows how to navigate through that turbulence. And then once that plane becomes steady, things start to level itself out. I'm trying to give you a little metaphor. So let's talk a little bit about that, Brother Ravana Noon, how people tend to, you know, come on this path with preconceived notions. They think in their mind. Now, they may say externally, oh, no, I'm not thinking that. I know, yeah, I know that it's working. I know it's this and I know it's that. They might be saying that with their mouth physically, but let's talk about the conflict that they're dealing with in the subconscious mind. Sure. Um, first, let me let me read this little part right here. Um, this is uh, from a fifth book, and it says, Why conflict? This is a student asking Darth Malgus, which is her teacher, and she says, Why would the force exist for most conflict and death. Darth Morgan says, because the survivors of the conflict come to understand the force more deeply. Their understanding evolves 
conflict drives a more perfect understanding of the force. That is essential to understand because most human beings run from conflict. Whether it's internally or externally, they run from conflict. But you do, um, from reading that, you will start to understand that conflict is essential for you to get even the most basic level of understanding of what is currently happening in your life. <clears throat> if you're not met with conflict externally and internally, you're stagnant many a times in a uh, too lackadaisical position, okay? You're in a lackadaisical state of mind, and there's no growth. Although you're fooling yourself thinking there's growth, there isn't. It's only when conflict arises within yourself or externally that you actually begin to think outside of your normal condition mind state. You start to actually think outside of what would be considered a box that you created and put yourself inside of. So, for example, people will say, I've joined or I've gotten down with the dark side or left-hand path or, you know, some occult shit, some real dark occult shit. Now, here's, here's, here's what the situation arises when I state uh, and we're sharing about conflict. Now, people do not realize, okay, you have your dark side. Your dark side, in essence, is the abyss of your subconscious, unconscious mind. It's the essence of where most of your information is stored, whether it's traumatic or fantastic. You store it there, and it, and it has a way to manifest and affect your everyday existence. Now, what I don't feel that many are understanding is that when you look at the dark side, People think it's a way to utilize that statement or that state of existence to justify their bullshit. This is what I mean when I say justify their bullshit. People join the dark side because they have all these extra crazy things they want to do, but it seems like in the dark side it's uh, justified and accepted so, see, I can go on continuously with this bullshit that I have in my life, and everybody's going to accept me because it's a part of the dark side. That's a lie. In reality, the dark side doesn't manifest in that way. Let me share what I mean by that. Now, I don't like to, I don't like to say positive or negative because sometimes when we utilize the words positive or negative, we go back into the religious tradition. However, what I will, I'll just use it for the sake of discussion. You have, let's say, your positive dark side. This is, I'm going to show you how the conflict works. If you're working with the dark side in a way that's beneficial to you, then what you'll realize is you're more in tune with yourself and your wants and needs. You are more in control of your emotions, and you trust not you only trust yourself, however, you become more confident in your abilities as well as just trusting yourself. But you also learn to count on yourself and you become more competent in the things you do. You're more aware of yourself. Understand, now you're more competent in the things you do. 
Now, how does that manifest in, let's say, a way that's not as beneficial? So people tune into the dark side, and then they become so in tune with themselves that they exclude the understanding of others that may have foregone the path before them or tre- uh, treaded the path before them. And therefore, are at a loss when it comes to dealing with others. They also will end up excluding any action that does not benefit me more than anyone other involved. Now, I can be controlled by emotions, but at the same time, I could be devoid of any emotions, meaning I don't feel anything. I just become like a numb robot. I become so overly trusting myself that I don't believe in anyone else. And that means that I won't believe that anybody else can do a job and get it done competently. I can count on myself so much that I become so arrogant and disappointed when I do not measure up to my own satisfaction. And I end up manipulating others to the point that I get uh, to the level I manipulate others and to do my work, thus I become lazy and lackadaisical in my behavior, in my mind, and my attitude. So understand now, there's a difference when you work with these two, th- with this dark side concept and the conflict. When you're conflicting within yourself, many a times people conflict about who they really are and who they think they are, Right? Now, here's the situation. Who you really are, a lot of times, is nothing like what you think you are. You have these three bases, you know, how you see yourself, how people see you, and then there's who you really are. Who you really are is not a lot of times what you see yourself as. But the conflict arises that I create this false illusion that I am so great that my arrogance rises so much that I have all this mastery and this knowledge, but I can't even fucking get a job. Or I can't even function in day-to-day society because I've become so narcissistic that nobody wants to be around me. See, this conflict is the false illusion being wiped away and the chaos arising where you start to go back to your original primal self. The primal self, without the illusions, without the veils that you put on, the primal self of who and what you are in essence before the society, before the morality, before the concepts and the views of others and religion got uh, conditioned in your mind and programmed into your mind, you go back to that essence. And when you go back to the essence, you strip away what you think you are and you start to see what you really are. You you might see that you suck as a husband. You might see that you thought you were the greatest basketball player and you suck and are probably one of the worst who's ever existed. But see, in your mind, you deluded yourself that you were Michael Jordan, but you were more like the homeless guy who's trying to play a pickup game and can't even dribble, okay? You forget these things. And you create the self-illusion of I'm such a great person. Now, working that conflict within yourself, how do you start to understand who and what you are? Tap into 
the situation of the conflict or cash you're currently in. For example, let's say you're faced with a legal matter, okay? Tap into that reality. Stop trying to uh, delude yourself into thinking you are not responsible for the situation you're in when nothing can happen to you unless you let it, okay, or unless you create it. So stop trying to run from that situation and basically go within the situation to try to find out how the situation was created by yourself in the first place and to figure out what really is you and what really isn't you in that situation. So when you deal with conflict, conflict can arise on many levels. It can arise a conflict between you and a person. It can arise conflict between yourself. Should I do or not do this situation? Or should I not do or do this event or whatever the case may be? Or conflict can arise in something that is not foreseen. How you handle that situation, how you embrace that situation, and how you understand that situation after its result is what determines how you utilize chaos in your life for your growth. Otherwise than that, all you end up doing is deluding yourself into thinking, I am magnificent, I am great, but in the end, what you have really done is just created a whole new persona full of more shit that was already there before you even came into any left-hand path or a coal or anything else. So when we, you strip all this bullshit away and you get into the real part of the chaotic self, the primal self, what really lays there? What is dormant and what is not dormant that arises and affects your reality every day? See, I don't think individuals are really taking the time to understand this because it's now become a fad or a fashion statement to say, I'm a cult, I'm a cultist, I'm a left-hand path practitioner, I'm this or this or that, and they forget why they got involved in the first place. What was your original purpose for even getting involved? Was it to just say, look, I can wear a, a six-pointer, I mean, a, a pentagram, or was it that I can, you know, rock bafflement, or was it for change or growth? So that conflict is continuously playing in itself in the conscious community, for example. You have those who want to promote and boast and brag about originality and original this, and we're great and we're doing this, but then that conflict is within themselves because when they look back in the mirror, they're not reflecting anything they're saying. They're not living or being an example of anything they're teaching. It's just rhetoric. I've, I myself lived many years with that conflict. You, you stand in front of a midst of people broadcasting a certain image of yourself, but the reality is you're really not the image you're broadcasting. So this right. internal war continuously emanates from within ourselves and continuously will be there. And thus, when we work our rituals, when we work our sorcery or magic, you don't get the results you should because that conflict, which can create more obstacles, more blockages, is right, ever-present there because of the refusal to meet it. What's the purpose of doing 10 rituals and not one of those rituals was catered towards going within yourself to deal with your 
your blockages. Deal with your dark, subconscious, unconscious abyss of trauma, pain, perversions, anger, whatever the case may be. What case or what purpose is there to do all these rituals and you're still doing the same shit? Look, you can get a million blessings externally and still be fucked up on the inside, okay? I don't see people, yeah, yeah, I got this result and I got that result. But they're still the same old character who ain't worth shit, who feel like they're the greatest shit and that they have no issues or problems. When the biggest lie that you can create is that you have no problems or issues within that's right. yourself. That's the biggest you one. Do. Yeah, and that's the biggest conflict is, uh, I'm so great. But the reality is your inner voices, whether you call them demons, spirits, whatever, are saying to you, bullshit, nigga, you fucking full of shit, okay? What can or can you not do? Okay, what are you able or unable not to do is when the reality sets in that you have certain gifts and abilities that you are great at, and there's other abilities and gifts you suck at. So stop trying to act like you can hit uh, 300 in a baseball field when you probably could bat 190 for real, okay? That's just the reality. Everybody wants to get up there and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit the hell out of that ball. But when the ball comes, that's a different reality. That's your life. You're facing that reality every day. I'm such a great this. But in reality, you're really not that. So this conflict and chaos is always there. And what is that chaos? It's the primal dark power, primal dark energy that exists and permeates throughout the universe, throughout nature, throughout earth. You could call it dark energy, dark matter, whatever you want to call it. It is existing and continuously in motion. It is continuously causing a change, causing a rift. It is that point in that moment in your life when you're the most tranquil, the most peaceful, that the conflict or the chaos arises. And unless, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. And unless you really take the moment to to understand, understand. Well, why? Why would nature? See, I'm saying this because a lot of people, regardless of what path you're on, are still fucking spooky because they'll say, "Well, why would the universe cause that to happen to me?" Motherfucker, first of all, listen. The universe didn't do shit to you. You did it to yourself. You caused it to happen, whether subconsciously or unconsciously, you caused it to happen in your life. Because the universe is doing what it does. It is in motion, consistently causing chaos, and then it brings order out of chaos, but then chaos will continue after that order is brought in momentarily. That is what the universe does. So if you understand the eternal laws of nature and the universe, you understand this is something that will continuously be in existence in your life. But what we are so programmed by religion, uh, even some (laughs) people in our co-paths still believe in this bullshit. Oh, the divine will. The divine will cause that to happen. So that's what it must be. Really? No, motherfucker. There is no divine will because the minute you say divine will, you're back in the concept of religion again. Oh, divine will is attributed or connected to some god or deity concept, some divine force that's outside of myself or greater than myself. Bullshit. Cut it out. Correct. I, I want to back up to a couple of things that you said. Let's elaborate a little bit more. You talked about, you know, people call it dark matter, dark energy. I want to touch on that. I want to talk about self-created 
conflict um, and how we bring other things from other pasts. But first, before I get into that, because you just talked about what some people will call dark matter, et cetera. There's different terminologies for it. Again, uh, go back in the archives and listen to the shows when we had Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum on. And, again, I would recommend if you have not read Dark Light Consciousness by Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum, I recommend you read that book Um, because that intellect or that that dark light, that consciousness, uh, Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum calls it dark light, same thing. It's it's linked in to how it connects to how our neuromelanin is processed, our neuromelanin. The very origin that begins in the stem of the brain, which is basically makes up every fabric and, and aspect of our consciousness, okay? And it's unique in the sense because how you're able to tap into what we're calling this dark matter, for lack of a better word, uh, is going to determine how correct information is flowing through, not only how it's flowing through, but how you're able to be receptive and receive it. Now, yeah, we did shows on the old shit on the chakras and the pineal gland and, you know, shit being decalcified. Now, people talk about just the physical aspects. Yeah, the food and all that. Uh, you know, certain things one should be doing for themselves on a food level, a balanced diet, not a strictly uh, vegan or a Sabian diet because that's not for everybody. Uh, you should know your blood type. We went into that before. Everybody's blood type is different, and everybody's diet should be conducive to their blood type. But I want to talk more about the mental and the spiritual aspect of it because this is what's going to tie into these, some of these blockages that we're talking about on the subconscious mind. Now, everybody claims to be tapped into this, this, this dark matter or, or, or the, the, the higher aspects of their neuromelanin, but when you're not to be able to assimilate information correctly and put it in its proper context and perspective, this creates a blockage. Now, let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I want to back up something just a, a few minutes back that Ravana Noon was talking about. Self-conflict, stuff that we, that we bring, and one thing I see that's huge on this path, like he said, when you come into this path, or any path for that matter that's new, let's just say anytime you come into something new, you should really analyze yourself and say, again, what is my purpose for doing this? What am I trying to accomplish, and what do I expect to get out of this? Okay? I've asked this shit to people that are currently in paths, and I get the craziest, spooked-out bullshit. Oh, I know there's a, you know, you know, like I said earlier, that great – people keep coming with this perspective of that great reward after the fact shit. That's yeah. fucking religion. I don't, care, I don't care if you call yourself – I'm an Ifa, or I, I, I'm a, uh, an Egyptian consciousness. If you think there's some great reward waiting for you afterwards, you, no different. Go right back into the church and sit with the mentally dead fools, and, and just like they're waiting for something to happen, you, you go ahead and let me know how that works out. I'm bringing this up to say, here's what happened. Okay, we, we've mentioned this before on previous shows, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth in it tonight. People will come into this path, and what really creates blockages, and it, and it takes a long time to go away, they still bring old shit with them from previous paths, from previous studies, and they think it serves a purpose, but it really doesn't, because what it's doing is causing more fucking confusion. What I mean by that is quite simply, this path here, to, to work what we call greater black magic, for an example, we did shows on that greater and lesser black magic. Greater black magic being the more uh, intricate and, if we want to say, complex aspect of magic where it deals with 
tapping into the subjective realm, as we said before, and bringing that reality from your subjective realm into your objective realm. Okay, this is where the conflict comes in. Okay, and let me explain. Because people will tend to bring their Buddhist philosophy when they're working some spiritual magic on this path. Or they'll bring their comedic conscious philosophy or whatever it may be, and even their religious philosophy. One knows when they really work the real true aspect of greater black magic, all that shit is out the window. You have to check it at the door. Because in the realm of tapping into the great results one gets when they're working greater black magic, one knows that they cannot bring any personal ideologies, philosophies, dogmas, faith, and belief systems into that working, or it completely makes it negate. It does not work. Now, most people will tell you, and I'm saying all, most people, and or a lot of people will tell you that on this path, no, that's all behind me. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that no more. How many times do we hear this? No, I don't, I don't mess with that no more. Yeah, I, I grasp the understanding that I've moved on. Yeah. You know, I've moved on. <laughs> I've, yeah. yeah. I've moved on. I'm past it, right? It sounds convincing verbally. So they're, they're professing with the tongue that they bypassed it. I've even watched this with people in Yoruba, Ifa, Palo, Egyptian conscious, the comedic community, and there's still the religious overtones there. They're saying they're over it, and then they're using shit like the most high. How can you be conscious or be in a godlike mind state and claim to be a direct descendant of these gods and these great ancestral beings, and you're still using terminology like the most high. And we've heard every bullshit explanation for it. Well, no, I don't mean like a god yeah. that exists. What, what the fuck do you mean? What, what we got uh, my higher self. Nah, nigga, see, subconsciously what's happening is that's impacted on your subconscious mind is that religion is still embedded there. One that's spiritually awake and accepts themselves and the reality of themselves as being the sole governor and control of their spirituality and on the path of self-mastery would never use the term the most high. Never. Yep. Okay, that's, the fa that's a fact. So you, you'll hear that. You'll hear people say shit like praise be to the creator or praise be to the ancestors or, you know, or, or, or praise to Shango or, or you know. Ashe, brother. Ashe. Yeah, Ashe, brother. Ashe, Ashe, brother which again confirms we're looking now at deity again as an external being that's to be externally worshipped and not looking at it as a person on this path would as an archetype that represents a certain aspect of consciousness that resides within you. As we exactly. said before, when you're, well, yeah, when you're working a ritual and you're working with a particular deity, you're in need of that right now. There's an aspect in your life that is in need of that energy and consciousness that that archetype represents. That somehow has gotten twisted around, <coughs> excuse me, where now we've externalized it too much. We've externalized it to the point where, as I've said before, it's no different than, say, a Catholic walking into a Catholic church, lighting a candle in front of a statue, and making prayers in front of a statue of a saint or the Blessed Mother. This is very similar to what you see in Saturday and modern-day Ephraim. Yeah. And, and, and this is a problem. And this is what happens. People bring that stuff with them to this path, maybe not so much outwardly and openly anymore, but it's logged in the back of the subconscious yep. mind, and they don't grow spiritually. This is what's creating the blockages. Did you want to add something on that? 
Yeah. Yeah, let me also add this. Um, these same individuals will say, well, I'm a god. But how can a god pray to another god? If you're <laughs> the self-god, you're the self-god, self-mastery, you've mastered yourself and you are God insofar as you take responsibility for your life and all ways and actions, whether it's something beneficial or, or destructive in your life. You take responsibility for everything. You are in That's sole right. control of your emotions. You're in control of your bodily functions. You're in control of all these things. And you say you're a God, but yet you're fucking with Shango as if Shango is something external and greater than you. You see, that is the concept that Brother Benini is trying to share. The conflict is created internally. You may not be consciously aware of it because your conscious mind is usually aware of the waking world. It is not the sub or the unconscious, which is uh, associated with the subjective world, okay, which is the internal world. So the conflict is created because now I'm calling myself a god, but then I'm externalizing and still saying, well, I'm working with Shango, and Shango did this for me, and Shango did that. That's the problem. What the fuck did Shango do for you when in reality you couldn't have gotten up off your lazy ass and done for yourself? Oh, Shango got me a job. Really, motherfucker? Well, Shango uh, sent your resume in. Uh, Shango went to the interview. Shango did all of this shit. No. That's right. You did it. You did all this. So if I externalize continuously um, and continuously will still manifest a way to uh, worship whether you realize it or not, it could be a subtle worship. It's still worship, goddammit. You're worshiping the Orisha, the Netru, the fucking Loa, uh, whatever. You're worshiping something, right? Subtly or not, it still minimizes you as being the master over self and creates the conflict. Well, which one is it? Are you the God or is that the God? You understand? And if, as long as you externalize, you never will take full control or total control over yourself and have power over yourself. How can you have power over yourself if you give it unto others outside of yourself? Well, you could say, well, I don't. You know, it's just a representation and Shango is just a statue. Sure. Sure. But if you're over there kissing the statue, rubbing the statue as if he feels good because you're rubbing it, you understand? Giving some fruit to the statue, and then you say, oh, Shango ate the banana. Really, motherfucker? Shango ate the banana. Really? Really? Okay, come on now. I mean, see, you're null and void of science now. You're now dealing with ignorance because science proves that bacteria will automatically decompose the food, food. whether you're eating whether it or food. not. That's right. So understand, if you if you are still not in touch with reality like that, then you're still on a spooky level. I don't care what you say. Oh, Kali told me that, you know, I should run down the street half naked and nothing will happen to me, but your ass ends up in jail. Well, well what I thought Kali told you, that you, you was good. I mean, what what's the problem? See, what people are not realizing, it's not Kali saying shit to you. It's your true self, your inner being that's making use of that archetype, which is communicating to you. But you want to externalize and think it's Kali because, see, that massages your ego or that is Shango, that massages your ego to think that I'm superior because, see, uh, Kali told me something. 
But Shango didn't tell her. You understand? That's that bullshit. That's not reality. Shango right. Kali didn't say shit to you. You are saying it to yourself, and it's just the archetype that your true self is using as a communicating format until you can get bypassed the utilization of this spooky archetype god deity bullshit worship. It comes a point in time on this path where y'all will eventually bypass our archetypal usage and you will be the archetype that you use that's right. in and of itself. That's correct. And that's the challenge and that's the conflict. It's where the conflict comes in because when people get to that fork in the road and they realize the burden and responsibility is on them, they can't phantom the fact that it all centers around them, so they start to externalize. Now, I want to back up to something you said. There could be somebody, all right, somebody might be listening to the show and say, no, no, well, you know, I've done rituals for Shango or Oshun or Batala. We'll, we'll use the Ifa example. And I've gotten results. No, 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 I'm telling you. All right, but here's, here's the problem. Like Brother Ravana Noon said two, three minutes ago, you might have did a ritual for work or finances, and you did that ritual when you worked with one of these particular uh, deities, uh, slash Orishis, Orisha, and you got results. And you said, wow, you know, I got results because Shango heard my plea and heard my prayers or, or, or my supplications or, or received my offering and was receptive of it. <laughs> what, what you are doing, what you are negating the most important aspect of that, and it's not blind faith or religious faith, you are fueling it with your intent. You are fueling it. Now, I got no problem with, if you look at Shango, for an example, those that know how to correctly work with Shango, it represents a warrior type of aspect of an archetype. It's a road-clearing archetype. It can clear paths for you. It can help you fight certain obstacles and conflict that you're dealing with. Uh, Same thing with Ogun. It represents doing whatever one needs to do to get obstacles removed from their path. Same thing Kali represents, dealing with the true self and removing obstacles. Now, the one thing that's synonymous with all of these deities, they are always carrying some type of sword, a pesquet knife with Kali, etc., because it represents that separation, that, that, that cleansing away, that removal. Now, if you're going to look at it and draw along them lines and tap into the energy of the consciousness of what it represents, and that strengthens you to get in a certain mind state to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Whether Bingo. you want to attribute, yeah, if you want to attribute that shit to something outside of yourself and not acknowledge that you still are the fueling force behind it, you're confused. This is so why the conflict. Mm-hmm. What you're saying, Brother Benedi, is that the ritual is basically a form of self-hypnosis that causes your mind to alter to create the very thing that you're working the deity with. That's what you do in your own life. That's it. And if you approach it from, from jump when you're doing the ritual, as soon as you go into a ritual and the subconscious mind starts to wander and you start to formulate thoughts that I'm working with some external being somewhere out in fucking space or, or somewhere up in some spiritual abode that they passed on, you are back to religion. That's no different than when Catholics gather and pray the rosary because they are forming a visualization. Ask, I'm telling you, man, do this shit. Ask a motherfucker when they do that, what's going through their mind? Ask a Catholic, when you're in church and you're praying the Lord's Prayer or the Rosary, what thoughts are going through your mind? And I've done this before, and I've asked them. 
and they'll tell you the craziest shit. They're visualizing God the Father in heaven. They see yeah. the Blessed Virgin coming down on the clouds. Yeah. See, yeah. this... <laughs> yeah, that's this, special, bro. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is what tends to happen. This gets translated over in spiritual consciousness amongst melanated people. They think it's different because they're seeing this Maybe a similar image, yeah, a black but image, they're black. Right? But they're black. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That doesn't Those make babies. it any... Yeah. That spooky concept. Same spooky bullshit. So now we're back to square one. So you say, all right, well, I see you on this path and many other paths, whether, you know, ancestral worship, African black magic, uh, the occult. What, what's the need for setting up altars and, and having these icons and, and having these images? Well, we're giving you the explanation. They're focal points. They're, they're, and, and, and again, like Ravana Noon said earlier, it gets to a point where you're not going to need any of that shit. All, a true magician, a true practitioner of this path, there's times where they, and I'm, I'm, well, let me, let, me not, let me not bullshit and, 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 and uh, dance around the corners. I'm talking about myself now because that's the only person I can talk about. There's, okay. times, there's times where I want to carry out a very elaborate ritual with all the trimmings, the, the imagery, and all the tools. And then there's times where I don't use not one lick of that shit where I might just use a complete empty room with nothing but myself. Yep. See, one, one learns to tap in to the vibrations, the frequencies, and the energies because remember, like we said before, there is no good and bad. It's knowing how to work with these energies and how to put them into fruition when need be. Now, you heard in the very beginning of the show, let's tap into this because we mentioned this. We haven't touched on it in a while. <clears throat> you heard Brother... brother um, Ravana Noon talk about, you know, rocking the Baphomet, which has become probably one of the most popular symbols with the occult. And there's so, there's so many spooked out definitions. Let's just use this for an example. And that very, this very example can create conflict. When you see Baphomet, you're going to get so many different interpretations on this. Some people think it's an actual... It's devil. Yeah, it's a devilish, demonic deity. Some people think it's an actual entity. Let me, let me just squash all that shit for you real quick. It is nothing but a symbol. It is nothing, no different than any other archetype. It has nothing to do with devil worship. No, the Templars did not uh, mystically set up some secret cult and worship some demonic devil symbol called Baphomet. I know you all want to believe that shit because conspiracy theories sell and it gets everybody's dick hard, but unfortunately that's not the reality. As we broke down, what, why a true occultist or magician uses the symbol of Baphomet or the head of Baphomet engulfed in the five-pointed star pentagram. Now, if you really knew the science, you would see that there's a couple of different five points of pentagram, but we'll get into that in a minute. I don't want to lose my track of thought with Baphomet. What does Baphomet really represent? You can pull this up on the fucking internet. You can pull it up in, in, in many different books. A true occultist will go into the inner meaning of it. It's a symbol that one uses in their rituals that all it represents is totality, equilibrium, balance, why does it represent that? Because look at the symbol in itself and all the elements that's engulfed in the symbol. You have an androgynous figure, number one. Number one, it has the goat face of a man, as we said before. Okay? It has the female breasts of a female. So you have that masculine and feminine energy represented, which one must know how to tap into the masculine and feminine energy when working rituals. Okay? And I'm not just talking about sex rituals, because the feminine energy, the warrior energies of Sekhmet, Kali are more intense than any masculine or, 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 or male archetype. And that's a whole other story. We'll get into that in a minute. Then you have the representation of the four elements on Baphomet. 
You have earth, wind, air, and fire. You see the scales in his abdomen representing the waters and the seas. You see it. All you got to do is go look at it. You see him perched upon the earth. Okay? You see, if you look, the, the uh, kundalini rising symbol, the fire symbol, you see the kundalini coming from the forehead of Baphomet when you see him perched on the earth. Okay, you see, you see the one finger pointed up, the one finger pointed down, as above, so below. Here's the fucked up part. When you see Baphomet in that symbol, let me show you. Let me show you how they did this and fucked with your head. When you see Baphomet in that symbol with the one finger pointed up, the one finger pointed down, sitting perched on the earth, okay? If you go back into the old churches that still exist today, <clears throat> go look at some of your old Gothic churches, some of your churches in the Far East you will see this same image of Jesus, same exact image. All you got to do is Google it and pull it up, sitting in the same position as Baphomet. He's got the one finger pointed up. He's got the one finger pointed down, doing exactly what Baphomet is doing. Now, somebody's trying to tell you some shit there. What does this really, re what does this really represent? You go pull the images up as I'm talking to you right now. You'll see in, in, in a lot of these old-style churches that still exist today, Google it. All you got to type in is uh, uh, images of like images of Baphomet and Jesus. You will see many images of Jesus sitting in the same identical position as Baphomet. Nobody wants yep. to talk about that shit because of what it represents. Totality, equilibrium, balance, masculine and feminine energy, the four elements, kundalini rising, all attributes that a true master magician or adept or the black arts wants to obtain. So this is, why, this is why it's one of the most popular symbols in the occult when you know how to work with it. Now, the retards that look at it and go, that's demonic, that's Satanism. Yes, has European Satanism incorporated that symbol? Yeah. Yes, but they don't work with it correctly, so it's fictitious. It doesn't do anything because they've likened it as if it's some external deity. Let me, let me, let me just stress this real quick. European Satanism is no different than Christianity. It's just the adversary to Christianity. And yep. they have the, the Bible, they have the Satanic Bible. They have a mass, they have a black mass. All they do is have constructed a system that's very modern in the last, last shit, couple hundred years. All they do is mimic. It's called, in, in Satanism, it's called deconstruction and reconstruction. And let me explain what yep. that is if you're fucking confused. What, what a European Satanist does that practices what most people think this path is about and has nothing to do with, what a Satanist does is they deconstruct everything in Christianity and then they reconstruct it. So like I said before, they, the Catholic Church, which is the originators of Christianity and everything branched out from the Catholic Church, regardless of what sect of Christianity is, okay, they have the Mass. So they deconstructed the Mass and they reconstructed it by creating their Black Mass. They have the crucifix. What did they do? They deconstructed it and reconstructed it by turning it upside down. That's all European Satanistic bullshit. I want to make this crystal clear. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. That has nothing to do with origins of this path in Egypt and Africa. <clears throat> it's completely null and void. So I want to make sure there's no confusion with that. I bring up the Baphomet symbol because it was mentioned earlier, and I want to make it clear if you see when we work with it and the image that, uh, as we just explained what the image represents, when that image is, say you have that on your altar, you might have a statue of Baphomet. You might have uh, the five-pointed star with just the head of Baphomet in it. 
You should draw upon the energy of what that symbol represents when you're working out your rituals. Now, it can happen to me where I just look at the symbol and all those aspects start to filter through me. And what that does is enhance the ritual. And that's a whole other story because now we can get into sigils. Okay, we haven't, even tapped, we haven't even tapped on that. We did a whole show on that a few weeks back. Did you want to add something to that, brother? Yeah, let me add something to that. Because you, just, you just made a key point, brother. I got religious when you said that real quick, right? But anyway. Hallelujah, so, hallelujah, brother. Hallelujah. Yes, brother. Amen. Amen. Right knowledge, brother. Right knowledge. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, right knowledge. Left knowledge, brother. Left knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, Batman, as you were saying, um, you were saying when you look at the symbol, you basically start to encompass and embody everything that symbol represents. That's that is that is in essence what alchemy, the sorcerer, the sorcerer magical aspect of alchemy is. When you're able to look at a symbol and immediately that symbol, you begin to embody all of the symbolic meaning and energy associated with that symbol instantaneously within your very self. That's it correct. wasn't some elaborate ritual. Though if sometimes you need elaborate rituals. Sometimes as you continue you working, you just embody that energy immediately just from fo- focusing on the symbol and then you you take that energy with you throughout the day. This is That's what correct. I think um is the essence behind some of what people would consider the secret. There ain't no fucking secret. The secret is that you're the master and all you have to do is learn to embody that which you are externalizing, begin to internalize it, and you no longer will be on the spook worship, externalizing, uh, praying to things outside of yourself, because you will realize bafflement or whether it's set, all you're doing is embodying that energy and the attributes or symbols associated with that. For example, when you were saying that about Baphomet, I just realized the same thing. When I look at, let's say, uh, Set, or I look at uh, Baron Semdi, right? And I look at that, I focus on that same thing, utilizing the images um, and how these images and attributes, what they mean, and embodying it within myself. And then you will feel a shift in consciousness and a change within yourself and you carry that with it, with you throughout the day to create what is necessary for your life. You'll be focused and be connected to drawing what it is you need into your life or whatever so, it is you're trying to work. So, Brother Ravana, let me ask you a question. Having said what you just said, is it safe to say when we look at different texts, be it the coming forth by day, the pyramid, the various different texts of Egypt, when we look at the, the Dravidian or the Hindu texts, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the Vishnu, or et cetera, any of those texts. When we look at the stories recorded of the Orishis, is it safe to say that the, our ancestors were trying to externalize what they were internalizing? Uh, yes. I will say this in two aspects about that. When those, those books, scriptures, uh, tablets, whatever the fuck people want to call them, was inscribed – I think there was a twofold purpose behind them. One, to keep the religious fools full, and for two, to seek those that were seeking to, right. to help them internalize the real message and the real truth so that they, they could become masters. Because unfortunately, and fortunately for some and unfortunately for others, 
you always will have the predator and the prey. You will always have the master and the servant. And there is no cutting corners about that. This is the universe. This is the planet. This is the nature you live in. You either are a master or you're a servant. You either are the predator or you're the prey. Now, that may sound harsh. That may sound very wrong to some of you all, especially if you're coming from a more light side of perspective, peace, love, and light perspective. But unfortunately, those are all illusions all illusions to keep you trapped within a servant mentality. What do you mean, Vanu? Why are you saying that? Because as long as I keep thinking that we're all equal and we're all one and we're all together and everything is peace, love, and light and unity, then that's the biggest lie to keep you enslaved and controlled by the very people who are praying or being predators over you. What do I mean by that? Well, first and foremost, who who created this myth that we're all equal? First of all. Second of all, uh, how can you prove we're all equal, right? Because when I look at the basketball court, you have some people who are more dominant than others, right? So where's the equality in that? When I look at baseball, you have... Uh, some pitchers that are more dominant than others. Where's the equality in that? You could go, some doctors are better than others, right? Some doctors are master surgeons, and others suck. Can't even, never got to the point where they can become a surgeon. You understand? So, this equality is the biggest lie that's been promoted to control the masses of people, to keep people away from the fact that you can be a master over yourself, but as long as I keep you thinking that you have to worship something or respect me because I'm an authority figure, then I got you. And I will forever control your very existence and will forever control your outcome in life. Now, that's right. why is that important? Because that's another level of conflict and chaos that people are not awakening to that reality. No matter how much consciousness you have, if you still think somebody outside of you is more powerful than you, whether I'll bet uh, white supremacy or racism or something like that. Not that those things, I'm not saying that, that they don't exist, but the illusion of the power of how strong they are and how much they can affect and control you is given life by you and you increasing that illusion of power that is there. Thus, you are always externalizing as if you don't have control or power of yourself to not be affected by any of those things. And, oh. and again, some some people use it as a crutch. Now, let's not let's not forget that because some people will continually use it as an excuse for failure, or as, as an excuse for not being able to grow, or as an excuse not to be successful. Unfortunately, that's become the norm. Now, again, like you said, we're not saying. Because some people get that shit misconstrued. We're not saying that those things don't exist. But remember, as we've said before, they exist and they're they're propagated through the media on a continuous basis to instill that fear and control. Because no matter, I mean, any any black person now that gets shot, it's, it's all over the news. Okay, we've talked about this a million times. It's part of that fear factor. But real quick before I want to forget, and I'm going to let you finish. And shortly, we are going to go to the phones. Uh, if, you, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Waking Universal Minds with Brother Rabana Noon and Brother Beniti. Uh, why I got everybody in the room, just to make that announcement again real quick, why it's, why it's pretty much uh, at its height right now. Uh, again, tomorrow we are doing a ritual at Cultural Expressions in Hollywood, Florida. 
uh, for the Congo Spirits, uh, dress attire all black, 7.30 p.m. sharp, followed by a class the next day, Saturday, at Sophia's Garden. That starts at 7.30 p.m. in Miami Gardens. Uh, you can email us right here at the radio show, khnum19 at gmail.com. For information, uh, we will send you over the flyer, location, et cetera. That, that's uh, tomorrow and Saturday, uh, so feel free to email us. Uh, we will go to the phone shortly, so hang tight. Uh, we'll take your questions uh, online. We'll take your questions uh, as we bring callers in. We're going to do that in a few minutes. Uh, but before I let you finish, Ronda, real quick, because you said something I wanted to back up real quick before we uh, uh, start heading to the phone lines. Some people might be listening to the show based on what we just said the last couple minutes and go, no, 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 but, you know, I, I look through history, because this, this causes some confusion, too. I'm going to tell you why. You know, I've looked through history. You know, Shango actually walked the earth at one point. Horace walked the earth at one point. But here's what they're missing. When you really go back and look hard, you're going to see there was many Shangos and Horaces that walked the earth. There was yep. many incarnations of Atumre, Atumra, of, 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 of Heru, of, of Tehuti. Now, what, tends, what people tend to happen, they keep forgetting. This is why I said earlier <laughs> that sometimes the ancestors were, 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 were trying to externalize what was going on internally. Now, what happened is, why you say, Look, anybody that knows has been initiated in Ifa know the Orishis have multiple paths. So is there eight or nine Shangos? Is that what it means? No, it just means there's different representations of that archetype that branch out. What it also means is when somebody took on the title Shango or Obatala or Heru or Tehuti, they just raised themselves up to a certain level of consciousness to obtain, to obtain that title. That's it. So I people got chills get caught. Back. Yeah, but, that, but this got to be said because – People get caught up in this as if, yeah, well, there's ev- you're going to find evidence of a lot of Shangos that walk the earth. You, yeah. They only focus on one story, the Shango that hung himself from the tree and resurrected and came back to life. But they, yeah. you're going to see yeah. that. It's, yeah, that's not the case. So I'm, I'm bringing that in because I have gotten emails on that over the months. People say, well, I thought that, you know, at one point they were actual ancestors that walked yeah, yeah, the earth. They, they were, but... There was many of them that did. It wasn't yeah, just one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let me add on to that because you just you just nailed it right there. Whoever at that point in time in history, let's say right now, this point in time, 2017, whoever masters and embodies that energy of pick somebody, whatever, one of these mm-hmm. deities, embodies it and masters it to the uh, utmost ability, for that day and time, they would be considered Shango. That doesn't mean that that's the only Shango, because 200 years from now, of 2017, right. that individual in 2017 would be then immemorialized, memorialized as the Shango of all Shangos, that's right. because that's right. it's the most recent depiction and the most recent story right. of Shango. What happened is the original. Shango took the uh, path of mastering and embodying the metaphoric teachings of Shango and became known as the first individual at that mm. time back then who walked the path of Shango, who That's became right. known as Shango, who also was known as Jakuta, okay, mm. who mm. became that individual and took on the title Shango, and so that story is related to Shango. That is not the God. That is the human being who embodies Correct. the archetypal energy and the metaphors to the max ability of possible at their day and time and all 
history looks back at that point and says, that's Shango, and then every 500 years, there's another Shango. That's all that keeps happening. This is why you have 300 <laughs> depictions of Tahuti. <laughs> you ever wonder why you have 300 different pictures of Tahuti, 300 different right. uh, depictions of ISIS, Asset or somebody? That's because That's right. those were individual human beings who had mastered that metaphoric archetype to the greatest ability in their day and time, and they were associated with that title. That's all it means. Those are titles. Those are titles. They're not right. actual persons. They're titles. This is why the meaning of the name is so important in ancient civilization and culture. The meaning is important. What does Asset mean? What does a SAR mean? That's I hear right. a little Mike cracking up back there. God damn. Yeah, yeah. No, he's watching. No, he's not listening. He's watching. We're, we're watching some coonism on our YouTube. We got the background here. Ignore, ignore. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what that is. You're gonna die, and you gotta see the colors there. So hold on. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But you know, you know how we got it rolling here. We got the you. We, we man, we shit. It's like a it's like a. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. But on on something that you said real quick before I, before I forget. Let's go to the modern era, in the, in the most modern era. Let's look at the, the, the – real quick, I don't want to stay on this shit because this shit bores me to fucking death. But in the modern era, the, the Jesus character, as people started to decipher that there were many Jesuses, and then this is where people all got these concepts, oh, Horus was Jesus, because they saw the similarities in the story. Oh, Tammuz back in ancient Samaria, he was Jesus because they saw the similarities in the story. The list goes on and on, and people started to say, wait, this concept, this modern-day concept through religion that they got of Jesus, where did this really come from? And then people started questioning the very fabric. Was there really one Jesus? Was there really a Jesus of the Bible that walked 2,000, et cetera, et cetera? It's the same thing. I'm trying to give you something modern based on what Ravana Noon just saying. Um, yep. So, yeah, we don't, we don't want to negate that fact. Yeah, you guys, I got I to send you over this video, brother. This, this nigga's wearing... <laughs> I think he's wearing a black robe with a red scarf and a big ass hog. I gotta send this shit over to you. Ah oh, shit! You gotta see this shit. Uh, we'll talk about that after. Uh, Colt colors, red and black. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else you want to finish, let me know, and then uh, yeah, shortly huh. we'll. We'll, no, we're get, we'll... We can take calls, man. Okay. We'll start rolling with the calls, but. So I hope I hope that last part everybody everybody grasped. Uh, and, and we're touching on this because this is what creates the chaos and conflict. So now that you have the information, it is your job to make order out of that chaos now and to resolve that conflict. Nobody's going to do the shit for you. No, you there's no there's no self-professed guru you can go to that's going to make it all all right for you. This path doesn't teach that. It doesn't mean you can't go to somebody for guidance. It doesn't mean you can't go to somebody for information. But it means you still, even then, are going to have to be at a point where you're by yourself and bring it into practice and do the work yourself. That's the bottom line. There's no such thing where, as in other uh, cultures, let's say Ifa, where uh, you can go to some Ifa priest or you can go to uh, you know, a Padrino or, or, or a Madrina or you can go to a Babalao and they're going to fix it all for you. That you're going to pay them some money and they're going to do some elaborate ritual for you and they're just going to fix everything for you. That is not a reality. And if you think that, let me tell you how you're wrong. Even people that do do those things, and they say, I've gone to a Bible out, made the great work for me, cleared it up. But to this day, they're still going back. And then they go back again. Now, what does that tell you? It's a temporary fix. Whereas if you disciplined yourself and trained yourself to the point where any time conflict arises, you now have the ability to fix it yourself, you won't have to worry about that shit. You won't be a slave to that shit. 
You understand? That's the point. Exactly. All right, and man. real quick, real yeah. quick, is because when you do and you master yourself, you understand where the conflict comes from because you understand your very essence. You understand if you created the conflict or you allowed the conflict. It's a big difference right. between the two because you understand your nature. You understand your strengths and your weaknesses. You understand how you can fall uh, fall victim to somebody else's emotions instead of controlling your emotions. You, you understand all that shit. That's the biggest difference. Right. That's correct. Uh, excellent, excellent point. All right. So, oh, shout out. Uh, yeah, he's not been here in a while. So, yeah, shout out to C. Wilkinson, 50, who's uh, back. Uh, we know, brother, you've been working busy. Uh, good to see you back here. We appreciate you. Uh, so you just typed in. Uh, so good to see you back, brother. Um, all right, so we're going to go to the phones, and we're going to take some comments and questions that uh, already typed in online. We'll kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, again, if uh, you are on the uh, phone, please. Man, goddamn, we got to do this shit every goddamn week. They tend to start fucking without phones for whatever reason towards the end. Uh, I don't know why. It's been going on consistently. And, again, I want to get no conspiracy theory shit, so I'm not, believe me, I'm not trying to say that. Uh, I, I just think as you're on for X amount of time, sometimes you get a little communication problems. So, um, But most of the time it's because people, we can hear them, we hear the background noise, and either they're not aware that they've been plugged in or they still have their phone on mute. Uh, so when we do, we do call you, you got to unmute your phone if it's on mute, if you've muted yourself. Um, if you are just on by state with no screen name, we do have people on this on the show right now from the same state. Uh, just speak if we say Chicago and talk if we can hear you. It's you. We have no way of identifying you if you have not registered with a screen name. Uh, we do encourage you to register with a screen name. It's free right here at TalkShoe.com. It's much easier for us when we go to the call portion of the show to bring you in by your screen name. We do see a lot of people uh, tonight that do have screen names, which is a great thing, and we are able to bring you in by your actual name. So we will do that uh, shortly. Uh, if you are online and you are not on the call and you would like to get on the call, if you go right down to the bottom of your screen in the chat, you will see the call-in number, call ID and PIN, the number right there at the bottom, 1724-444-7444. Then it's going to ask you for an ID. You type that number right next to it, 134778-pound symbol, and then it's going to ask you for a PIN number, and that's just simply the number one and the pound symbol. That is if you are online and you are, uh, you know, want to get on the call, um, that's the way you want to do it. Uh, so we'll bounce back and forth from the uh, phone call, uh, and we will uh, go to the uh, chat. And, again, you can – you don't have to – you can, we'd like to get some questions, uh, but you can have a question, a comment. Uh, and if it's a comment, try to keep it as, as minimal and brief. Uh, or if you just, uh, you know, have something you want to add to the, to the bill that we uh, – uh, talked about. All right, so we're gonna go to the phones. I'm, I'm just kind of gonna roll with it and go in order. Uh, so let's bring in uh, this individual has a screen name. Uh, says Duma730. You are on the call. Can you hear? Hey, me? how are you, brother? Doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, we're hear you loud and clear, brother. Good, good. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourselves? We're good. We're good. good. Uh, any questions, comments, um, concerns? Go ahead. Yeah. Brother, us. What would be a good starting point um, as you start? on this path? What would be a, a good initial, uh, something to, 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 uh, to, uh, get one, uh, integrated in, into the, uh, the left-hand path of self-deification? 
Right. I always suggest this, and, and, and I'm sure Ravana Noon can share his experiences. One, I would first ask the person, you know, whether it's you or somebody else, or you're trying to help somebody else with it. I would, I would ask the person, where are they at right now, and you know, where are they coming from, because uh, that's important too. But I always mm-hmm. say a good firm. One book I always recommend people to get to start out with because it, it covers the core principles. Uh, it, it really gets the mind to really grasp what it needs to grasp uh, would be the seven principles of Tahuti. Um, I would definitely encourage anybody to study that. Obviously, a book that's been out and it's popular in the occult that's been out for a long time, uh, which is called The Kabbalion by the Three Initiates, which uh, deals with the seven principles of Tahuti. There's many different translations you're going to find out there. Um, but I recommend that one because it breaks down a lot of quantum and metaphysics. It, it breaks down this whole concept of all things exist. It focuses hard that all things exist in the subconscious mind, which, as we know, the first principle of Tahuti is all is mental and mental is all. So I think that's a great foundation book because it's not really too intense or it doesn't get too intricate, and it's not really what we would call fluffy or light cider. It really okay. kind of it, it gets you grounded. That would be my recommendation. Now, Brother Ravana, uh, right. might want he might be able to throw something else at you. Um, okay. Definitely definitely that book. Uh, I also would suggest the Left Hand Path Guidebook by Uncle Setnach. Uh, okay, yeah. That's I'll a real good this. book. Okay, yeah, that's a real good book starting point to get the basis of understanding about the left-hand path. Um, It's really good. It's uh, it's not too complex, so it's a very good book to start that, and you pair that with the seven uh, principles of Tehuti, the Kabbalion. Um, You read those together, one one after the other, it'll help you understand it and make clear sense of it all. That's that's just a recommendation I would make as well. Okay. And, and one other one other book I would throw in there, as Uncle Setnick, uh, Don Webb, uh, another good book he wrote is Overthrowing the Old Gods. That'll dispel yeah. a lot Overthrow of bullshit. Yeah, by by Don Webb, Overthrowing the Old Gods. That's probably one book that really uh, got me in line. And not only does he really just put the whole religious thing into perspective from a left-hand path, but he mm-hmm. even gets into a lot of the occult stuff that's religious. He actually goes into depth and breaks down the whole book of the law by Crowley and shows how even that is kind of religious and, and, and right. been, you know, misinterpreted and, and that's not, it's not really what it appears to be on the surface. So he also breaks down the occult and how really some of these, uh, what we would term, we like to call it here at Awaken the Universal Minds, gray areas. Like a lot of those spiritual systems, they're not really what we would call black magic or, or arts of the, you know, of, of what we call a black adept but they're not really light cider or white, white magic. It's kind of in between. It's that gray area. And that's mm-hmm. what I would consider, just in my opinion, what OTO is. Uh, contrary to what people believe, they think Crowley was some demonic beast. Yeah, he did some crazy-ass shit, and he was into some bizarre shit. But bottom line is he really didn't practice black magic. He basically practiced mm-hmm. mysticism. And we can't get that confused. And I'm telling you this because I've gone through the degrees of, of uh, OTO, and they're all precepted about around Eastern mysticism and a central character called Saladin around the Crusades. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, Arab and Eastern mystical attire worn during the rituals, which is nothing wrong with that. But I, I found when I went through it, it wasn't really – I thought it was going to be some real dark, intense shit, and I found out it's, it's got a lot of – it's got a lot of, uh, you know, what we call Kabbalah and Eastern mysticism overtones. 
So you're going to find out, like, in that path, per se, OTO, that they, they were really dealing with a lot of Kabbalia, not Kabbalian, Kabbalah, uh, mysticism. And, and Crowley was just completely, uh, you know, enthralled with a lot of Eastern and Arab mysticism. And yeah. that's what all their degrees are based upon. So, um, yeah, that would be another good book I would throw out there. I think they're good books to give uh, somebody a foundation. Um, you know, that, that's probably what I would recommend. And Brother okay. Ravana Noon. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I got this uh, Emerald Tablet Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Oh, yeah, that's an, that's an oh, yeah. excellent book. That's an excellent book. Yeah, I've act- seen it on uh, one of your uh, your video uh, okay. posts on YouTube, so that's where I had, uh, got it. Nice. Now, you know, if you go into the archives here of the radio show, we did, we did I, I did shows on it back on the YouTube channel, but we also did a show here on the radio show. Uh, that was probably a while ago, man. I'm going to say maybe a year and some change ago. That's just been a minute. Um, but if you go back into the archives, you'll see, uh, and it was precepted around that book. And uh, matter of fact, that guy that wrote that book, he's actually a Rosicrucian. I actually know him uh, okay. because we're actually Rosicrucians, and I actually served uh, in 2015 as a grandmaster of the Fort Lauderdale Lodge here in Florida, and he actually did a presentation. And that's how I came across him in that book. Now, even though he doesn't really mention it in that book, you can see the Rosicrucian elements in that book. Um, mm-hmm. But he is a freak, he's a frequent speaker at the Grand Lodge uh, out there in uh, California, and he travels all over to uh, Rosicrucian events and non-Rosicrucian events. Um, he's actually got a couple of books if you go to his website, uh, and that's a great book when dealing with mental alchemy because, man, that'll make you deal with the bullshit of yourself when he talks about calcination. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that book, will, that, that'll bring it out. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, okay. That's an excellent book. That's an excellent book. Right. Uh, I mean, that's about it. Um, yeah, like I'm just uh, reacclimating myself mm-hmm. to everything because you know I've been through a few different groups. Okay. Um, you know, five percent Nation of Islam, New Orleans for quick snap. Sure. Sure. Um, just seeking truth. Um, that's and right. Then I just, you know, finally figured out that you know it's, it all deals with self. That's it, man. And, I'm glad you. Then, I'm, I'm glad you said that, brother. And there's nothing wrong. Look, we, me and brother Ravana Noon, we've all been through same thing you just said. Exactly. You know, we we went through life. Started again. Both of us, young out of high school. You know, we went into that whole Doctor York thing uh, for years. Mm-hmm. We, we were part of that for a while. Five percenters. Uh, if you heard on all the shows, uh, uh, brother Ravana Noon was heavily involved in the Zulu Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through all of that stuff, but to look at it, I look at it now as this, you know, it was pertinent for your growth to get you where you are now. Um, I'm not saying you look at it as a bad thing, but I'm glad you said you keep seeking. And we came to that same reality. Bottom line is there's nothing you can't obtain on your own that they're going to tell you anyway. And it just, right. it gets to the point that the, the greatest secret is there is no secret. And exactly. how these, how these organizations stay powerful is, they keep creating the illusion that they know something you don't know, and the only way you're going to exactly. find out is you, you got to get in. So, yeah, exactly. that's, the whole men- yeah that's that mental hustle, that mental slavery game. But it's good to hear you say that, and I'm, I'm glad. To me, that's probably the most important thing you said on the call is that you went through all that and you came to the realization it's about self. Not a lot right. of people can say that. And, you know, you look at what you went through in the past, good or bad, as part of mm-hmm. your growth. That's it. That's it. But I'm glad you said that, man. So, good point. Thank Anything you. else? That's it. it. Thank you very much. 
All right. We appreciate it, brother, and hopefully you keep tuning in, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Keep doing oh, no, what you're no doing. Doubt. Appreciate it. All right, man. It's good to hear that, uh, you know, brother coming from a similar background. All right, let me scroll up here on, on the chat, man. Damn. Uh, we're going to try our best to get to the majority of this stuff. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to all of it, uh, but we'll try. Uh, if it's some brief comments, I'll just read them. Uh, Baffa Marga, shout out to Baffa Marga out there in St. Louis. Um, she had typed in earlier, you're the Christ energy or the androgynous soul being the creator, the master. So true. Um, you hear the Christ energy concept in a lot of different spiritual circles. You hear it a lot in the, <coughs> excuse me, in the new age movement. And it just represents a state of mind. We got to get stopped. We got to, again, people will, will get trapped in this external thing. So that's an excellent point. Um, Seth Atner, shout out brother Mike, AKA brother Mike, Seth Atner. What's going on, brother? Make sure your motherfuckers is on time to get me tomorrow, man. I know Jack's ass. He ain't on the call tonight. But I know Jack be eating, like, buttermilk biscuits and shit before he leaves the house and shit. He's running late and shit, stopping that steak and shake or whatever. You tell, you tell that motherfucker, make sure he's on time tomorrow, man. Um, we're just messing with you. But uh, Brother Mike types in, Seth Atman, chaos to me is like a stimuli to one's consciousness to alert you as to what you need to do to improve yourself. That's a good fucking point right there. What you think about that, Brother Ravano? Think that's a good metaphor how how to look at how to look at chaos. What he what he just typed in. We lose you, brother. About him? Are you sleeping? No, nah, say it again. Bro. You, you eating Fruit Loops? I, I nigga, you went and got them Fruit Loops. I know you did. No, 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 no. I got the Lucky Charms this time, brother. Lucky Charms, <laughs> Lucky Charms. Okay, all right. Um, brother Seth Athena had had typed in. I, he he used a metaphor, and I thought it was a good analogy. He typed in, he said, chaos, when, when using what we were talking, this was earlier, when we were talking about chaos. He says, to me, it's like stimuli to one's consciousness to alert you as to what you need to do to improve yourself. Would that be a good, one good metaphor to say, use, maybe? I would say that's a good, uh, a good metaphor. Um, chaos is always essential to make you face yourself. Um, I'll put it like this. Many a times we're comfortable in our life. And when somebody comes into our life that causes that comfortable uh, that comfortableness to be shifted and it becomes chaotic, we get angry at that person. But in reality, that which is happening, our shifting from that comfortableness to chaos <laughs> is actually causing us to grow because in that moment of anger, we start to realize things about ourselves. We start to internalize things about the way we reacted and everything else. So definitely chaos is a perfect stimuli to our inner consciousness, our inner awareness of our, you know, our environment within and the things that we're putting off or not facing or, or not doing, that conflict, that chaos brings it forth. And without that, um, basically you're just, you're just stationary. You're not really doing much. Right. Excellent, 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 excellent point. Uh, brother Brother Seth Abner got some other. We're going we're to come back to that. I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, but that's an excellent point, uh, and that's a good build there, Brother Ravonna, and, and, and good point there, Brother Seth Abner. Uh But I would say to that, too, because remember, whatever methodology you use, if that's the methodology, let's per se, that Seth Abner used and it works for him, stick with it. That's, that, that's called creating your own path. So that's, that's something on his path. 
uh, uh, that he uses. That's a concept that he uses to work his spiritual system. And that's, that's a great thing. I mean, well, hey, that's what this is about, whatever works for you. Because people always tell me, well, what, what, what should I do? You do what works for you. It's not what you should do. It's figuring out what you need to do that's pertinent for you is the more of the challenge. Uh, and I think people want to know what to do first when they haven't identified what's needed in that doing. That becomes a little confusion. That's exactly. part of the conflict problems. That's another story. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, we got a caller, Old Soul. You're on the call. Old Soul, can you hear me? Uh, hi, good evening. Uh, thank you good for evening, allowing How me to be on the call. No I'm really good. Um, sorry if I'm speaking low. My roommate is sleeping right now, so I don't want to be too loud. No problem. But, um, That's okay. I'm fairly new on this path. I'd say I probably um, started to get into consciousness last year around August 2016. So uh, okay. yeah, I kind of started off pretty early, uh, well, pretty late. But um, just wanted, I had the same question as Duma had, uh, what I should start practicing right now. Because um, I remember a, a call before where Ravana Noon was talking about the um, black and red candle, candle magic. And I was thinking about doing that, and I wanted to know if that's something, since I'm pretty early on on the path, if I should try to get into that. Mm -hmm. uh, before you answer that, Ravana Noon, if you can tell us real quick, you ain't got to get long-winded about it. I know you said okay. uh, you, you gave us a focal point, a time frame when you came conscious. Just briefly give us a quick, like, what did you come from, uh, you know, a religious school into the conscious? Like, just give us a brief history of where you came from into the consciousness and now, because that, that's going to play a part. And then, uh, Ravana, you could elaborate on that ritual if you want. Sure. Um, okay. <clears throat> I would say it's a good thing to do um, <clears throat> for, the, for the simple fact that you're, this, this is the beginning basis or stage of really um, tapping into your subconscious and within yourself um, and pulling out your strengths and your weaknesses because uh, on this path, you really should find out your strengths and weaknesses at the very beginning so that you know how to best take your strengths and make them stronger and take the weaknesses and work with those weaknesses to make them something more beneficial for you, okay? So uh, with the red and black candle, uh, with the red candle, you would focus on the red candle. And um, like I said on the show, you ask yourself various questions. Um, you can cater the questions more towards yourself, what you're trying to seek or find out about yourself, okay? Um, what am I? What am I not? What, all these things, okay? Once you come up with your list of questions, uh, you focus on the red candle as you ask this and look at the flame every time you ask this, okay? Then after you're done asking yourself whatever questions you're trying to decipher and figure out about yourself, those questions should be geared towards your strengths and weaknesses and really bringing those things forth. Uh, then you focus on the black candle and you let your mind go as you're focusing on the black candle to receive the answers of what you just forecasted or, or projected out. Now the black candle is is absorbing all of those questions, all of those things within yourself and triggering the subconscious mind as you're staring at the black candle to answer that and bring it forth. Have a journal with you because you will have some answers come forth and uh, log all those things into your journal 
and then review them a day, two days, whatever your spirit tells you, review them and bring it forth and study that because that's your manual about yourself, about your strengths and your weaknesses. What I mean by strengths and weaknesses is like what we said earlier in the show. Is this, a, is this a really true about myself or is this a false illusion I created about myself? Whether it's, you know, I'm a great athlete or I'm not, or, you know, I'm a top chef or I'm not. Whatever these illusions that we may or may not have created, is it really true that you are or you're not? Those things will come to the surface because, you know, we have a lot of things that we think we're so strong and, and, and great about, but in reality, when we really look around, the reality is the opposite of that. So that's a strong basis for beginning on the left-hand path because you have to deal with your traumas, your pains, your delusions, your um, insecurities. All these things have to be dealt with before you really go deeper into the path because any blockages will uh, restrict greater results from occurring in whatever workings you're trying to accomplish. Well, yeah, I would say it, it it would be something good to start off on. Yeah, and, and, and again, the basis of this path, step one and, and anything, is always addressing uh, everything about yourself. But real quick, if you can, tell us briefly, um, you know, kind of where did you where did you come from? Did you come from a, a religious background into that consciousness to where you're at now, um, if you could briefly? Okay. Um, well, I started off in um, an extremely, well, not extremely, but a strong religious family. Well, actually, okay. um, recently last year, my mom started to get extremely religious, but I was always kind of questioning about it. But, you know, I mm-hmm. grew up in a family where if you ask questions, you were like, oh, no, you're not supposed to question God and stuff. And it right. didn't sit well with me. And um, right. starting last year, after my 18th birthday, I started to have a bit more freedom. And mm-hmm. um, I started to look on YouTube a lot, just watch a lot of videos, because at first I was really sure. into the um, conspiracy um, theory videos and stuff, right? Just because it was entertaining to me. That's right, coming right. upon the uh, Comedic Society. Right. I started to look into that. You know, all the conscious okay. tunes and all them, specifically sound that are. Is it mm-hmm. okay if I say names? Is that fine? No, no, no. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. Yeah, specifically sound that and Young Pharaoh. But um, okay. what resonated with most was uh, Nazir Ra at the time. I started to watch okay. a lot of his videos. Sure, sure. And, um, okay. After um, a while, I started to um. Pick up books. The no. first book I actually picked up was The Kabbalion and Dark Light Consciousness. Oh, those are two excellent books, man. Those are two good places to start. Yeah, those two I've been focusing on for a while. And then when I stumbled upon your YouTube channel, it was you and Brother Panic that I usually just focus on now. Like, okay, okay. Watching a lot. Cool. Uh, now, one other thing I just heard you say a second ago, you said, uh, I guess, recently within the last year or so, your mom became very religious. Was there was there a traumatic event that happened that caused that? I mean, what sparked her to uh, become very religious? Something happened? Uh, was it a death or was there, was there something, an event in her life that, that, that caused that? Yeah, actually, actually, it was an event that affected the entire family because it's what, what caused me to have to move away from my mom and live by myself over here in the state. Okay. Was um okay. there's a really bad divorce between my parents and uh mm-hmm. she kinda turned to God as her lean back. I got you. If that works for her, I'm leaving her. I respect it. Oh no, 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 no. Sure, sure, sure. 
Sure, sure, because that's usually what happens. I bring that up because, yeah, they, they when something traumatic, a life-changing event happens, uh, people will tend to cling on to that because it's something that, uh, you know, gives them strength. Like you say, for now, yeah, you just you, you leave that alone. I always tell people, especially, I would assume you're a young brother, I guess, what, 20, 21 now? Somewhere in that 18, area? actually. Okay, you said 18? Okay. Um, so, yeah, you definitely I always tell young brothers, you know, in your age group, you know, bottom line is this: I got a I got a 24 year old and a three year old, and I, you know, they live in your house. They they got to live by your rules, and you definitely don't want to create that inner conflict. I mean, like you say, you're getting older. You get to that point where you completely have your freedom, uh, you know, et cetera. But never cause conflict in the house, regardless of what you know, because I've known a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of young brothers that came into consciousness early, and then yeah, I know they get excited. I'm not saying you. I'm just I'm speaking in general now they get excited and then they think they're going to convert the whole world, including their immediate family. And that tends to create more conflict for them. So yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't need to do that. Definitely keep that harmony between your mom, uh, grandparents, uh, family. It's just, it's just not worth it. You're going to find out it sucks more energy out of you. And I tell this to people all the time. Uh, you know, when you get out and you know, you get to that point where you, 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 you set up and you got your structure and you got your own shit, then you can do whatever you want. But um, it seems like you got your head on, in that department, based on what you said, yeah, it's not. You, you don't need to go to your mom and, and and try to convert her and shit because that'd be the worst thing you could do at this point. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Anything else you'd like to share or uh, any other questions you have, brother? Yeah, um, being that I wanted to keep like the harmony and respect between my mom, I just wanted to ask another question really quick. If there's like a, mm-hmm. a call you had previously on it, you could just refer me to that. But um, I want to know if there's, there's any way, like, because she still wants me to go to church law and wants me to, like, to like mm-hmm. anoint myself with all the olive oil and everything. I want to know if there's a way <laughs> if I could turn that from the Christian that religious yes. aspect with all the spookism into, you know, the yes. occult yes. esoteric more. Yes. I'm gonna tell you, we call it stealing a mass. That's what we call it. I'm gonna tell you how you do it. Even though it's more of a, a Catholic mass. What kind of what kind of uh Christian service is it? Um, I'd say she's more non denominational. Non denominational. All right, real simple. This is where the power of visualization comes in, okay? Uh, now, again, if I knew exactly, you know, the, how the service was formatted, and like you say, I guess, what do they bring you up and anoint you? Is it, they try to make you catch spirits and all that stuff? Or, like, what, you know, what, yeah. what takes place? Okay. A lot of um, a lot of speaking in tongues. Okay. So it's like, it sounds like a non-denominational Pentecostal type of church, Okay. So what I would do is, first first and foremost, as you know and I know, most of those people don't even really know what they're tapping into. Um, you can familiarize yourself at that moment with particular archetypes. So, for an example, if they're anointing you, you can visit, like say you're, you need obstacles cleared out of your way. You need a warrior type of energy. Uh, you could focus on being anointed by Kali. I'm just giving you an example. And visualize that anointing energy of Kali and focus on what Cali represents as opposed to them telling you you're being anointed with the Holy Spirit and they're not really identifying intricately. Uh, I'm just giving you one example. Um, If it's the catching tongues thing and, you know, you're not catching it, I mean, do they play a lot of music at this service? Is there a lot of drums? Is there just, what, uh, organ music and people just going nuts? Or how does that work? Yeah, usually there's an actually... um one of the churches I go to, there's like um, these are the pastors that actually claim to be prophetic, and oh, um, the way that they okay. speak is only yeah. a, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, some stuff I would just completely block out like that bullshit. Uh, but when it comes to some of that, the other aspect, yeah, you can actually reverse that. You can, uh, I mentioned a terminology that they'll try to use in, in, um, what they call modern day left-hand path, but they don't really know the practice of it called deconstruction and reconstructing. So you're basically destroying their original concept, but you're reconstructing it to fit your concept. So it's most of it is mental. So you just need to, you know, again, go through it in detail and figure out what, what part of it you can adjust. Now, the prophetic shit, some, some dude coming to you claiming to be, you know, prophetic. I mean, that's just kind of like in one ear, right out the other ear. I wouldn't focus too much on that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, if she's forcing you to go all the time, I mean, I mean, do you have to go every week? Is it, is it that critical or is it just, uh, you know, it's, it's an every week thing? No, right now, since I'm by myself, I don't really go at all. But when I'm with her, she makes me go with her. I just wanted to know all right. so, so what way could you change it. Right. So if you got some control over it, you know, you ain't got to go all the time. Maybe just once in a while, you just go and that's it. Keep the peace and that's it, man. That's your mom. Uh, you know what I mean? Have you ever talked to her and yeah. shared with her, you know, how you, you know, you said you mentioned to her how you felt about some of this religion stuff. So maybe, you know, she just sometimes you need to tell her politely, like, you know, you need to respect that. I mean, I'll go with you once in a while, but, you know, just kind of a, you know, a thing to keep the peace. But if you, if you got some level of freedom where you're not obligated, I'd just avoid going as much as you could. And then if occasionally here and there, you got to go when I would, when I do go, you know, I would just, I'd steal that motherfucking service. That's, that's what I would do. And I used to do that when I was younger and they had no clue what's going on. You're actually working uh, black magic in that ritual and they're not even aware of it. And if the dude was so prophetic, he would know that you're doing it and he wouldn't even know you, he wouldn't even know that you're doing it. That's a whole nother story. But um, yeah, I mean, that would be my advice to you for that. And it's a great question from a young brother, your age, because these are issues that affect young brothers on this path, especially when you're young and you're in that transition stage. It's not easy. I mean, I mean shit, we went through that. Me and brother Ravana Noon coming up in our households, and we were we were we were demonized. Yeah. We were told that we were crazy, and you know. Uh, That's why I feel but, uh, fortunate to have people like you and Ravana Noon, because I was able mm-hmm. to avoid all that Nubian and stuff and go straight into. That's cool. This path, lucky. Which is where I feel like I need to be. And, um, well, you know, what's, you know what's unique. You know what's unique about this generation now is so fortunate, and this is where the internet and social media has become a, a blessing in disguise. So you got to remember, when we come up, what all this information wasn't accessible. You know, there was, you know, there were you had to go places to get it. You had to physically be part of things to get it. Uh, so that's the one benefit that you 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 young brothers and sisters coming up now have that we didn't have. You you could tap into everything now at the at your hand. We couldn't do that. So you know we had to take it to the streets and we had to physically find places. Uh, so that's the beauty of it. But uh, that would be. I don't know if there's anything you want to advise maybe in that area, Ravana Noon. If there's anything you wanted to add to it, um, yeah, that's you what hit I, it on the head. You hit it on the head. Yeah. That's what I would tell you, brother. Um, so I don't know if there's any other questions you got, or that's the best thing um, I can tell actually you. Actually, have a few, but I just don't want to take up too much time because I know other people are in the call. Um, okay, you can shoot. You can shoot. To... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. I'll give other people their chances. Just wanted to okay. check okay. again. When is the um, uh, initiation ceremony? Is that next month? April. April. That's going to be next month on April 28th. Uh, what, what, what state are you located in? What state? Where's your location? I'm actually in Orlando. Uh, Oh, oh, you're, you're right, right near you're me. Right, you're right near Ravana Noon, man. He's in Orlando, <laughs> too, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Studying so, at so, uh, UCF, which is pretty close to Orange County, right? Oh, okay. Shit. They're right down the street, buddy. So you might you might want to get contact information. Uh, he gives his information at the end of the show. You might want to uh, maybe uh, coordinate with him when he comes up for the event or something, or or I don't I don't know your situation, but uh, yeah, or just, just staying in yeah. Just get in contact with me, bro, and uh, we can coordinate some. Or if you want to meet up before that, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you my contact information at the end of the show. All right? All right. Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. All right. You, you got welcome. It, appreciate it all right so that's cool and maybe brother can come down uh, on the 28th yeah about time right. we got somebody from orlando shit <laughs> all right so let's go back uh on the chat here a couple more comments here um see wilkinson let me read a few comments from him um oh I, uh, lady mystic is that you on the phone from iowa just type in yes i think you had typed in that earlier I thought, uh, yeah, just let me know if that's you. I can plug you in uh, in a little bit. Just type in yes if that's you on the phone lines from Iowa because I saw you typed in something about, something about Iowa, and I see Iowa on the call. I don't know if that's you. Um, all right, uh, C. Wilkinson had typed in a couple of things. Uh, and then I want to go back to an important question in a minute that Brother Seth Athena asked. Is he still here or did he leave? Oh, yeah, he's still here. Yo, make sure you tell Jack, brother. I ain't playing around. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Let's see. Uh, see, Wilkinson typed in, this is what I learned and gained from going within. Self-mastery is the key. I'm still learning and growing. There is no good or bad, most definitely. There is no such thing as good or bad. It's just how one perceives it. We talk about that all the time. Uh, once again, he says, awesome. Uh, good to be back. And he'll go into the archives and, and listen to the stuff that he's missed. We appreciate that. Uh and he types in, a uh, good concept to use chaos is to take us out of the comfortable box and force us to grow learning a lot. I tried that with my girl, and it didn't turn out too good. And I yeah. realized that, she, <laughs> yeah, that'll happen, brother. And I realized that she's on her path and I'm on mine. I can't try to change her. We're all here to what we're here to, what we're here to do, and her path is hers and mine is mine, period. That's sometimes a hard pill for some people to stomach because, Brother Levon, let's talk about this real quick before we take the new call. Because that sometimes that ego is a motherfucker, man. It can get the best of you. You think you got it all oh. figured out? Yep. Well, well, let me put it like this. Because I said this earlier in the show. Um, our arrogance. See, when you start working on a left-hand path or dark path or whatever path you want to call the path, um, be careful of your arrogance. Arrogance is, is, is of course, is an attribute of our of our ego. It becomes overbearing, it becomes um, overly obnoxious to the point that it thinks like you're the shit, there's nothing wrong with you, you're the greatest, uh, that you, everything you do or say is right, that you never do or say anything wrong. That arrogance is very dangerous, and our ego can be a beneficial factor, but many times it is a detrimental factor because it becomes right. something outrageous, outlandish, uh, arrogant, uh, very uh, egotistical, conceited. And that's what you have to work on and guard on a left-hand path. Kali, working with Kali is essential for that because that, that energy, that destructive, chaotic energy that destroys that false illusion about yourself, how great you think you are, mm, sorry. Yep. All that shit yep. gets squashed and, and, and annihilated immediately. That's a good point. 
And uh, Texas Tree Hug, I see you, man. Don't hang up. We're gonna get you last, man. So stay, stay on. We're gonna, we're gonna make sure we plug you in last. I see you there. Um, but that's a good point from C. Wilkerson, 50, man. We've all done that, man. And man, let me tell you something. That's going into the arena when you're trying to convert, uh, you know, a girlfriend, a wife, or or whatever, man. That could create war and, and real create more chaos for you. Look, one thing you also learn on this path, and even paths that claim not to be religious. People tend to do that. You cannot take on the role that you're going to convert everybody to think the way you think and see things the way you see things. Just because you think you now know something, trying to forcefully force that on somebody is probably one of the worst things you could do. And we're saying this from experience because I can reflect back when I was younger and I got a hold of some consciousness. Oh, man, forget it. You couldn't tell me shit. And I wanted to go out there and tell everybody what I knew, and then I wanted to convert everybody I ran into to my way of thinking because I thought, and I, when I reflect back on it, I say thought that I knew something. When I finally, re- when I really realized as I got older and I now reflect back on it, I didn't really know shit. So you don't want to deceive yourself into that. Uh, it's a good way to approach it. Uh, you're on your path, and, and she's on hers. And you say, well, how can you maybe get that to grow? By the example you set. If you set the correct example, I guarantee you there will be a mutual understanding there. What do I mean by that? People will always say, and I've learned this as I've grown, people may not agree with what you deal with on a knowledge level, on a spiritual level, et cetera, but if they see the example, you say, they say, you know what, man, I may not agree with that person, does, but, man, they, you know, they, they're, good, they're a good father. They're a good mother. Uh, they're successful at business. Uh, they take care of their own. Uh, you know, they do a lot in the, uh, in the community. They help out people, whatever it is. I'm just saying, your example sets the tone for what you claim you deal with. Now, if you're a complete fucking buffoon and a jackass, who's going to want to even listen to anything you got to say when you're acting like a jackass? Because they're going to think this is what this type of information makes them evolve into. So the best thing I can tell you to create that balancement there and a certain level of understanding when it comes to family, uh, your immediate spouse, is set the example by your actions. They'll respect you for it. If they see you're about business, taking care of shit, getting shit done, you're a, you know, you're, you're a good husband, you're taking care of your kids, you ain't no joke on any of them levels, they're going to say, man, this is, this is actually making a huge difference in their life. I may not agree with all of it, but I guarantee you you're going to have their respect. And that's all you can ask for. So I'm not, we're not going to create the illusion. Let's not. You, you might get on this path and never find a, a, a spouse that's compatible with this information. Yep. But it don't mean you can't live the correct way you need to live. So you got to find that common ground. So people struggle with that on this path. And I've watched people cave in and go back into Christianity because they couldn't figure this shit out. So that's a whole other story. But anyway, uh, don't fool yourself. Uh, so approach that. That's a touchy subject, man. That's like walking on eggshells right there. All right, let's, uh, we're going to take a couple more calls. We're going to wrap it up shortly. I'm not trying to keep this too, too long-winded tonight. Uh, let's go to New York City. New York City, who's on the call in New York? New York. Anybody there from New York? They're on the call. New York, New York. Going once for New York. Going twice for New York. Going three times. Nobody there? All right. We're going to go to the next caller. All right, we got a couple on from this state. Uh, it just says Florida. Who's on the call from Florida? Go ahead and speak. Let's see if we can hear you. Florida. Anybody on the call from Florida? Florida. Oh, man. See, I told you, man. It's like it hits that 11 o'clock hour, man. 
Your phone's muted, unmuted. Anybody there from Florida, speak. Or I'm going to go to the next Florida caller. Anybody there from Florida, going once, going twice, going three times. Peace. All right, uh, let's see if we can plug this one in. We've got another caller on the line, Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Florida. What's up with Florida? All the phone lines shot in the yeah. Florida, right? Hello? Oh, I heard something. I heard, I heard something. Who's there from Florida? Speak. Well, well, was from Florida, but heading to Florida next week, actually. Okay. But I okay. was originally from there, so I'll, I'll take Florida because I still have my Florida number. Okay, no problem. But where you, where you actually calling from? I'm in uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay, who are we speaking to? So, this is Imani. Imani. Okay, what's going on? How you doing, Imani? Hey, just listening on your call. You're very, very, very interesting. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious. I'm curious about the the ritual. How? Uh-huh. How necessary is this ritual, and what does it do? Is it like an induction into something? What is the whole ritual about? The one that you're okay. you're doing for tomorrow, I think. You said you're mm-hmm. doing something tomorrow. Okay. Uh, understand this. R- ritual is for the purpose of personal transformation, most definitely. Is it mm-hmm. mandatory or necessary? Absolutely not. It's a personal thing. Um. Each ritual serves a different purpose. Now, again, let's take for an example. You mentioned the uh, ritual uh, that we're going to do tomorrow. Um, It's strictly, exclusively, the ritual tomorrow is exclusively making a connection with the Congo spirits. Uh, So what this this ritual basically entails um, is a lot of drumming, a lot of ritualistic cleansing, and what, what will happen. I'm trying to explain this to you the best way I can. Uh, um, the best way I can explain this to you without, because you really, it's kind of something you need to see rather than uh, okay. experience, but I'll do, I'll do my best I can explain. Uh, as the intensity and frequency and vibrations of the drums and the rhythm comes in and, and people actually put themselves into the right mind state, you, you will see a lot of people, what we would call tapping into their spirit. Um, okay. a lot of people will have different reactions, uh, some of us that run the ritual, we get mounted by particular spirits and energy, and sometimes messages are communicated, uh, and, and a various different things are done. There's really no set structure to it because it's kind of each one is different in the sense of the experience that takes place at the rituals. Um, okay. Okay. I don't know if that helps you, but that's going to be it, something. It helps. Yeah, it helps a little bit. Now, um so I, I have I have to say this. I am what you call untainted. I never uh-huh. connected to religion. Okay. I you know, I grew up my, my my parents, my mom actually, you know, we grew up Christianity, Church of God, whatnot. But I never connected to it. And as a child gotcha. I was I was demonized also. I was called possessed. I was mm-hmm. called many different things. Mm-hmm. Um but for me, I'm untainted. I never connected to religion, never connected to... Mm-hmm. I tried. I, I tried to open myself to it, but just never right. connected to it. I intuitively mm-hmm. do a lot of things. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. home. I watch no media. I have no TV. I do a lot mm-hmm. of reading. I do my work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that I, I do, 
or I'm experiencing is intuitively done. The food I eat, the things I do, as far as even what we call prayer. And no Mm -hmm. one told me this. I don't necessarily pray to anyone or anything. Um, I kind of just say, okay, this is today, and I command happiness or peace or strength. That's kind of, right. I don't know how to pray the Christian way. Like in the, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know because I never connected to it, and I just don't know how to do that. Right. So, so, so let me tell you this on on, on that note. So, obviously, somebody in your situation, uh, let's say on on this path, et cetera, you would have to approach it a completely different way um, okay. because of not not being affected from, like you say, uh, of any part of a religious background. Uh, where you would probably want to start is obviously your life experiences is going to dictate, you know, the state of mind that you're in. I'm not just talking about your spiritual practices. Let's per se say the things you've been through in your life. So you would have to take a stock in the inventory of what effect that has or has not had on you. You understand what I'm saying? Because you got to come from a different perspective. Um, Because obviously your life experiences uh, shape you to an extent. It doesn't make you, you know, completely who you are. But I'm saying in the sense of starting out on this path, you really need to dig deep into your okay. childhood up until the present okay. and, and analyze your life's events, the good and the bad, and the, and the, and the effects it's had on you, the good effects. Uh, but I'm sure all of us, not just you, everybody on the, listening to the show right now, probably has had some bad life experiences. And you need to you know, address those and just see where you're at with them. Some you might just be able to write off, say, been there, done that, I'm completely null and void of that. But you might find as you take stock of yourself, there's going to be a few that you might reflect a little harder on and you might say, uh, let, me, let me dig into this a little more. Um, yeah. So that would be kind of a starting ground per se for you or somebody in a similar situation that maybe didn't come up with that. Uh, you know, a lot of us came up with that programmed conflict from our parents. Right, and, right. You know, yeah. and you didn't. So, so you got to come out, you got to come from a different perspective. From a different but perspective. Far, a whole different. But as far as ritual, Ritual yeah. on this path is for the sole purpose of, of transformation. Ritual is supposed to transform you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And each ritual is geared for a particular aspect. So they're not all the same. Um, and you'll see when we work the rituals and we do, we do one a month, and it's usually the third or the fourth week at the end of the month, um, it's geared for a particular purpose. Now, the ritual next month on, on the uh, – 28th of April is, is what we call the ritual of the order of, of chaos and darkness. And that is an initiatic ritual. Yes. What you're being initiated in is to the awareness of self. You're not being initiated into no club or, or no organization. Because okay. I'm not interested represent... in that. Yeah. I, oh, I, no, 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 I, no, I no, want to no, be me, myself, no, no. you know? Okay. Exactly. Let, me, let me add this. Let me also add this. Um, when you look at a ritual, a ritual, in essence, is a process to challenge your conventional thinking about yourself mm-hmm. and challenge mm-hmm. your mental stamina. In other words, um, you may have preconceived notions about yourself, okay? okay? And you may have the idea that, okay, um, I can withstand anything, I can withstand this, 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 that, okay? However, in initiation, the process... It's totally mental, especially at the next month. It's a totally mental process where you'll see right. exactly how strong your mental capacity is mm-hmm. to withstand 
the very fears that you may have within yourself, the very um, um, limited ideas you may have or not limited ideas of yourself, all these things are going to be challenged. There's nothing that is, um, uh, in essence, associated with any of the other rituals we've done. This is going to be purely a mental conscious ritual initiation process to basically challenge yourself mentally on levels that you may have not done prior to this. I can't Mm -hmm. say you have or haven't because I'm not sure. I'm just saying may or may not have done. And that's in essence what it is. A ritual initiation is basically a mental process to challenge yourself on all levels of conscious awareness that you may have um, and expand it on a whole nother level. So and let me and that, uh, okay. no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So what, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut does, you off, Ravana. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, understand. Now, during during these rituals, um, you talk about the the deities that comes mm-hmm. about, or or mm-hmm. like for example, tomorrow you said it's the Congo that you're right. you're working with, like a warrior. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, so during during this whole event, um, is it, when you say energy, mm-hmm. is it an energy that you feel within yourself, around yes. you, in your head? Yes. Like oh, it's 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 a combination. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's I mean again, this is something complicated to describe because actually I'm gonna bring another yeah. sister in shortly that actually was at the last one. Uh, okay. Everybody's experiences have similarities, but yet they're a bit different. Um, it is an energy, most definitely, because what starts to happen, the ritual is centered around you. You start to embody the energy of what the ritual represents. And for lack of a better word, let's say we'll use the word your superconscious. You tend to tap in to the higher aspect okay. of your superconscious. Let me give you an example. Last month, we did a ritual for Baron Samdi, which is one of the uh, Gidis of the Vudom Pantheon. And he's a crossroad deity, a uh, deity that represents death or the doorway to the afterlife, uh, things of that nature. And so what happens is as the drumming and the ritual and the elements that take place for the ritual centered around that archetype, the energy and the consciousness that that archetype represents, people start to tap into the frequency and the vibration of it, and they start to embody the aspects of that particular archetype. So, yes, it's, it's, it, now there's an external part of it in the sense of what you're feeling, but really, it's still all coming from within because what the mind has now done is tapped into it and, and now has, again, when I say embodied it, the drum is one of the tools that helps that embodiment because it raises the vibration. And, and, and obviously, okay. when you get melanated people together with a drum, it creates a, a, a whole enigma. Now, I wanted to say something. I don't know, Amani, if you was on the show in the very beginning. What we do, and I know this is probably your first time tuning in, what we do in the beginning of the show, we make it clear we are not representing any organization. That's number one. We don't succumb to one particular ideology. Uh, we don't follow a, a leader or a guru. Uh, so, and we're not recruiting anybody uh, for anything. Right. We make that crystal clear because that's not what the show is about. That's not what we're about. So I want to make it clear. No, you are not. In, in any rituals we do or initiations we do, you're not being uh, initiated into a group organization, a club. You're not being asked to join right. anything. You're being initiated into the higher aspects of yourself. That's it. It's plain it's and simple. important for me to know because oh, no, um, I've been told many times 
you need to get baptized. But if I don't connect with something, I'm not going to do it. And that's fine. So, that's what you're so, so, yeah, right. So if mm-hmm. someone tells me, my, like my mom said, you need to get baptized, it's the way to go. I'm not just going to mm. go up and dip myself into some water because it's that's what people said, right? me, that's the way to go. I have to connect personally with that ritual or, you know, I ha- it has to be a personal thing. So I never went mm-hmm, that No way. doubt. No doubt. And, and we, always tell, we yeah. always tell people this, on this path, you're going to find things that you gravitate to that you okay. really get a lot at. And there's going to be some stuff, like you just said, that you just don't gravitate to. But that's fine, okay. and that's what this path is about. You make that decision. You don't let nobody make it for you. Um, and there's no obligation, and it's not mandatory to participate yeah. in any ritual unless you make that decision yourself. So that's solely up to you, um, and you're going to encounter that. Uh, if you do study on this path, you will encounter that. Again, there's going to be some things that do great things for you, and there's going to be some things you just you don't right. feel. You're just like, nah, I'm not feeling that. I'm not even going to bother with that. And that's, that's the whole point of being on this path. Uh, right. uh, so, again, that's, that's the best way. But the only real way, I can tell you this, having said all of that, you can ask a million questions. I'm talking about ritual now. Yeah. The only way to really find out if it's for you or not is to experience it. I'm, I mean, being baptized right. is one thing because that's very mundane and it's on the surface. But I'm talking about a real ritual that, that, that goes to the inner depths and, and taps into your subconscious mind. The only way you really know that is you make that decision by experiencing it on some level because it's hard just to get information. Like I could be here, Ravana Noon could be here, and I'm sure we could be here dialoguing all night. But it's hard to put into words the experience you get from the ritual. Now, if you stay on in a minute, I'm going to bring on a uh, – she's still here. You know, she's still here, I think. I'm going to bring on a sister that was at the last ritual and maybe her explanation. Uh, she traveled all the way from Minnesota and maybe her maybe name? her uh Lady Mystic. Uh I think she's okay. I think she's on a call from Iowa. I think she might be visiting family in Iowa. I'm going to see if I can plug her in if that's her. Um Seth Apner who's just in the chat. He's one of the drummers at the ritual that he's that they're actually picking me up tomorrow night. Uh there are some people here that were at the last one and and the best thing I can tell you is you're going to find out from getting feedback from other people, you'll see some similarities, but similarities. There are, okay. there's some differences too, though. Everybody doesn't experience it the same way. And the reason for that is is because everybody's dealing with different things. That's why people don't experience that's, it that's the same way. So nobody's going to give you a uh, – like you're not going to talk to five people and get the same answer. That's not how this works. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, so I hope that helps you. I mean, that's the best thing I could tell you, uh, when, you know, in regards when it comes to that. You understand? So I – so I tapped, I don't mean to cut you off, I tapped into one of your um, YouTube, and there was a young lady that was speaking. Her name was um, Sandra. Sonia, yeah. Sandra. Yep. Sonia. Mm-hmm. Sonia. Yep, yep, yep. And she, and she described something um, that I was trying to describe to you earlier um, when we spoke to. She described okay. a, an energy in her, in her head. Mm-hmm. Remember, I was telling mm-hmm. you about this energy I felt, and I, and I yes. booked an appointment with my neurologist. I remember we talked remember, about it, yep. You remember we talked about that? So yep, that yep, what yep. she was talking about was that that's exactly what I was pretty much what I was experiencing. And I don't know. Yes, she was. And I don't know if you I don't know if she mentioned it on that video. You know she deals uh real bad with the uh what do they call that when you get the ringing in the ears and dizziness? I am I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. What is that called? You didn't tinnitus. 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 She gets that a lot when she taps into a lot of spiritual energy, and it and it comes. Oh, so that's, oh 
Okay, and that's why when oh. I was talking to you that there could be a connection with both. Um, but when I was when we were talking, I was telling you that's why you should get it confirmed from a doctor because yeah. when she does yeah, when she doesn't yeah when she does in, intense spiritual work that kicks in hard on her to the point where she's got to lay down. I mean, she literally got to get off her feet and just completely right. lay down, or she'll start puking and yeah. and uh, get very dizzy. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so well, I don't have yeah. tinnitus. I I don't have any issues with tinnitus, but these are mm-hmm. three separate experiences. Mm-hmm. And it was very subtle and very quick. And I'm right. searching. I, I need to know what, what those experiences are because I don't think they were normal. And I don't right. believe they are, um, phys- what, what I would say, physiological in terms of medical. I don't believe they are. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to confirm right. it nevertheless just to make sure. But I believe right. and that's when I'm searching why I had those. It was three experiences. like Right, right. And that's why I was telling you, yeah, not so much that, yeah, I'm not liking that that you have. I know Sister Sonia had tinnitus. That's not what you have. But what, I, what, right. what you want to find out is what I'm saying is sometimes that condition can be brought on by a spiritual experience. What I'm saying is if the doctor doesn't confirm it, then, like you say, you know it's something else. So it's oh, always thanks, good, to, you know what I mean, to start there. If the doctor gives you a clean bill and says, no, there's, right. you know, there's nothing wrong, I check the, you know, you know everything, ears, nose, throat, your, your head. Right. Uh, usually a CAT scan would reveal something that we were discussing about. Uh, so once that's in the clear, then you know, then, then you can start digging a little deeper on the, on the spiritual right. level. So we, we always suggest you go first, cover the basics first, you know what I mean? And then you kind of go from there, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, uh, There's one so thing I'm curious helps. about, mm-hmm. that um, what do you think about this whole Ouija board thing? We, I tossed around with that as a child, thought it was a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not. What, what's your what what what's your thoughts on the this Ouija board? Is it just a board game? What what's your thoughts on that? Not a Ouija. I you know I messed with that a lot when I was I was a kid. Um, the Ouija board is 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 really powered and fueled by the spirits that work through you. Let me give you an example. Some people work it, and nothing happens. Uh, or some people spook themselves out and they create the illusion that something's happening and the thing starts moving. Uh, that's really based on it is a gateway tool or a doorway opener, for lack of a better word, to what we would call uh, a porthole to the spiritual realm. But that's really fueled by the individual and its spiritual powers that lie within them. Cause, and, again, I've done it with people uh, who are more connected when I was younger and, and more of an intense experience. Um, and then I've done it with some people where if the more dominated people are doing it and have no connection, it's just dead. Nothing right. happens. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, but really at the end of the day, that can be done without the Ouija board. Um, that's just, a, again, something that was used as a focal point. And I know that's been spooked out in movies and media and, yeah. you know, they've created, you know, they've created horror movies and how that opened. Yeah. That's see. When you get it, when you look at it from that perspective, then you get all, you get, I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying then people get all, right you know, flustered and spooked out. Uh, but it's just a, it's just another deviation tool to the spirit world, and it's still fueled by the individual power in the board. That's, 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 that's the best thing I can tell you on that shit. So I, I don't get too caught up in that, uh, you know, now in 2017. That's uh, useless. I, wouldn't, <laughs> I was you know, just curious. Mm-hmm. Just... No, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, okay. so hopefully that helps you. No, no, no problem. So hopefully that helps you and. uh yeah, we'll 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 talk. But with that, it's good that you tuned in and uh, you know made it to the uh, show. And I did add you to the list, so you know you'll get a uh, anything we do. You'll you're on that 
group list, you'll get a, a notification of uh, any events, yeah. uh, radio show. It'll it'll keep you locked in. You'll be you'll be connected to that moving forward. Just as a comment, what what I'm hearing and what I like is the fact that this whole you, you know you're teaching one to to connect with oneself. You know you're you're to, you know you're it's nothing external nothing. that you're reaching outside towards to connect with. Um, whether oh. it be a, a Christ or a statue or whatever, it's mm-hmm. and that's what and that's why I resonate with this because right. a lot of my experiences. It came from within, honestly. It didn't come from praying towards anything. It really came from within. A lot of things that I have been battling with, it came from mm-hmm. within. Like I overcame mm-hmm. those things by looking within right. instead of without. And that's the key. So, and that's right. Yeah, and I need to learn more about that because I, I figured if I did that without any knowledge or guidance or anything, if I get some guidance or the know how to then what else mm-hmm. can be you know what else can I resolve within myself mm-hmm. and make myself mm-hmm. a better person at the end of the day yep. you know? well like I say you know no doubt you, you said something that struck a chord and the beautiful thing about this path is you you learn every day and that's the beauty of it uh and so once you keep digging and probing and like you say actually you know next week you're going to be down here so you know we'll be able to elaborate on that uh, a little more in depth and um, you know we'll we'll, we'll kind of go from there. But you're you're, you're doing the right things, uh, and you, you definitely got the right mindset. Um, but there's an old saying, and one thing that keeps me humble is uh, I think it was Buddha. I can't remember. It's irrelevant. It's the meaning of the saying. It doesn't matter who said it. Uh, you know, a wise yeah. man knows he knows nothing. You understand? If you approach it right. like that every day, you know it's just where, where you take a step back is where you start to think you know something. Now I know. There's a you know duality in that. It doesn't mean be stupid right. and ignorant. It just means always be open and receptive to experiencing and to learning. Uh, and, and things tend to uh, you know balance themselves out for your personal benefit. You know, so yeah, that's, that's something I always reflect on. You know, a wise man knows he knows nothing. And if you approach it like that on a daily basis, you know, you're always receptive to to you know different stages of growth and. That's 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 the best way I you know I approach it, uh, but anyway, we'll uh, like I said you know it's, it's you can't learn everything in one day, no matter how long we've right. been around or how short we've been around, uh, it's always a learning process. You could be around for one year or fifty years, you know everybody's still learning to some extent. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. But anyway, awesome. awesome. All right, we do appreciate you calling. We, de- we definitely appreciate you listening, and then uh, you know hopefully uh, you know tune in again. All right, uh, let's go to, let me see if I, uh, I think this is, uh, let me see what this is. I think it's Lady Mystic. Let me, let me bring this in. Uh, Iowa, you're on the, hello, Iowa, you're on the call. Can you hear me? Hey, what's going on? This is Lucia. Oh, Lucia, okay. You're, you're calling from Iowa. So I thought I had you confused with, uh, oh, Lady Mystic <laughs> is on the call now. I'll get her next. What's going on? Was you visiting family? No, just, uh. Well, um, I had my number changed not too long ago, so. Okay. All right. We ain't got to get in the air over that. Anyway, talk to us. What's going on? Nothing. I'm just, uh, you know, you guys, as always, when I call in, you guys put things into perspective for me. I always tell Ravana, you guys give me clarity about a lot of stuff. 
And just hearing it from other people just confirms I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. You know, I've always, always, always stuck out and never really fit in with everybody and that breaking away transition part. You know, I've been going through that for years. Uh Like when I first talked on the call, I told you guys that had been estranged from my family for about three or four years. So just hearing other people going through that too and how they're saying that, you know, this path is yours to walk alone and not try and convert everybody you know, get everybody right. to understand it's about yourself. I, I run into mm-hmm. people and they're like, oh, it's peace, love, and light. Like, no, nah, you're still trying to save the world. You save yourself, fool, because you can't save nobody else <laughs> at the end of the day. Now, now, real quick, sister, because I know you at the last ritual. Um, maybe <gasps> uh, for Sister Amani that was just on the call, and then I'm going to bring in Lady Mystic. Texas Tree Hug, I see you, man. You're next. You're after that. I promise you we're going to wrap it up with you. So it's going to be, we're going to, we're going to do Lucia, then we're going to go to Lady Mystic, and then we're going to take it to uh, Texas Tree Hugger and wrap it up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Texas Tree Hugger. I can feel you hugging them trees out there in Texas. Yeah, um, hugging. Now, I'm, <laughs> just, to, just to confirm what I was talking about with Sister Amani just a couple of minutes ago, uh, you're going to, you're, I want you to share in your words, because I can't do it for you, and then I, when I bring Lady Mystic on, I want her to see how, there'll be some similarities into what you're saying, but different. So maybe you can explain briefly, and again, you ain't got to get long-winded or nothing, but maybe you can briefly summarize for us kind of your experience, like if you could from the moment you arrived, when you got in, and then when the ritual took place, kind of your experience, if you could share that with us. Uh, When I first got in, and I was I was there before way everybody else, so I was really just thinking about stuff. I was like, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I've never been to something this uh, on this intensity. I've had cultural uh, ceremonies I've been at, but it was never nothing on this level of intensity or energy. And I I overthunk it, like you said. You could fix that for me because I was just trying to understand what's happening because there was a lot being brought to my awareness. Last time I said there was so much stuff coming to the surface emotionally. Um, just, oh, my goodness, it was crazy because, I never had that kind of stuff just come out out at me all at once, and like it's almost like whoa, 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 wait a minute! Uh-huh. It's kind of like slow down and flying at me, and it got <laughs> overwhelming at a certain point where I had to sit down because I was crying, I was releasing a lot of stuff, and then I'm like, yo, I'm sitting here crying, and then then I just feel like uh-huh. there's all this mad energy flying around me, and it's just it it, it was a little overwhelming and overstimulating for me until I adjusted to it. But I yeah. look around the room, and I can just feel the energy. I can see some of these things moving around. I'm just like, yo, this is <laughs> some mm-hmm. next-level shit for me because it's nothing I've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. And I know No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. The kind of things I'm accustomed to are really mellow, really, really mellow and just <laughs> not, nothing on that level. It, it's always about do this for the people, you know, um, being brought up in a Native American cultural background. Right, It's right, always, right. you know, creator pity us and, you know, have, have uh, mercy on us. And I'm just like, why in the hell are we being so, <laughs> so docile and not, exactly. you know, not really utilizing or doing any of the deeper? Because I know they get down on some crazy stuff back home. But oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, they don't use it. Yeah, they don't use it the right way. Like the way you guys are using energy to transform yourself because that's really what this is about for me. It's about me coming. Mm-hmm. There's so much brought into my awareness since that ritual. It's not even funny. Like mm-hmm. I've been writing off the chain lately and it comes and it goes. But man, when them intense moments hit, I, f- I feel like I can't sleep all night or something. Like I still hear them drums yeah. banging in my head and I'm just like, yo, this is <laughs> crazy. 
Yeah, and, and I went by my own drum too, so <laughs> I kind of recreate that in my own little environment. When everybody's sleep, I'll be on there banging on that drum. That's good. And one thing me and Ravana Noon noticed, uh, and Ravana Noon, feel free to chime in. We noticed, like, at first, well, I saw the resistance. And, I, you know, I pointed. I said, look, yeah, there, there go right there. That spirit trying to come through, but she's fighting it. And, you know, I saw her. We saw all the emotion. We see, you know, we saw the resistance. And then obviously there's portions where we go in and out. And I remember, uh, you know, there was a point towards the end, like where you said, where you actually tapped in and, and after you bypassed all that, I, I, I remember the spirit flowing through you smoothly, and, and then you kind of just tapped into those, to those rhythms of the drums and et cetera, and it was kind of free-flowing. Um, but that's normal for somebody. There's, again, there's, there was, a, uh, uh, I think, I don't know if you remember his name, the Haitian brother that came to the last three, and um, he was petrified at the first one. He came up to us and told us, and second one, he, uh, you know, he loosened up a little bit, and then I remember uh, when that spirit of Baron Samedi came through with me, I remember bringing him up to the altar and doing something for him. And I just, I, I mean, I saw it. And it was like a release point where he just took him to the point where he just said, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and overthink this. Because what can happen is you can over-intellectualize the ritual, try to think and figure everything out and ruin the experience. Because And he admitted that. So he was trying at the first one, like you just said, Lucia, like you saw so much shit was going on simultaneously, coming at you from all angles. He was trying to figure that all out at once, where, where, rather when he would just trust in himself and absorb what he was experiencing. Because you tend to be able to put it into perspective when it's done. Now you can reflect back and go, okay, that's what was going on. That's what was happening. That's what I was experiencing. Because it's personal. And you can't over-intellectualize that. And you can't figure it out. It's, it's impossible. I mean, we've seen it for the last 20-plus years. I mean, it's, it, it happens all the time. And it will continue to happen, but that's part of the process. Uh, but there's some people that either figure it out or they, on a, you know, I'll be honest with you, there's, there's the, some that just never figure this shit out. But I appreciate you sharing that with us, and, uh, and I think we're going to see you next month, correct? Yeah, I'll definitely be down there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be down that way for that one for sure, I just. I don't know. As you were saying, I was going back to something that was happening in the ritual, too. Uh, It's crazy how that works. Um, You know, I was hesitant at first when she gave me that rattle. You know that, right? I think think you guys could feel my hesitation because that's that's something that women don't do in my culture. You know, they don't pick that up. They don't don't touch that. that, But when I was like, wait a minute, well, I'm not not a part of that no more. You know, I'm I'm breaking free from all that. Me being here is... Yeah, that's right. And then I started really tapping into that. So, well, women 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 can go as far as they want. They can. There's no that shit is irrelevant. Male or female. There's none of that. There's none of that. uh, You know, male dominance. There's none of that male chauvinistic bullshit. And unfortunately, even a lot of conscious cultures got that. And even in the conscious community, uh, we we talk about it all the time. You hear all these brothers up there talking about the black woman is God, but that's actually, they prepping to get into them sisters' pants. I'm going to be honest with you, because I hear all these organizations talking about the black woman is God, but I don't see no damn female teachers. There's only a handful of them. There's a couple scattered here and there, but you got all these brothers up there on all these conscious channels saying the black woman is God, the black woman is God, then where the hell are all the black female teachers? That's all I want to know. So if if your organization ain't representing it, don't be up there yelling it and screaming it. Because usually that brother's got an agenda, and he's trying to get into that 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 female's pants. So you, you want to 
Or you, them drawers. or you come across those that are like parrots that regurgitate stuff that the dude's telling them and he tries to make it like he's uplifting a woman, but it's really bullshit. You can spot it a mile away because I've seen a lot of that. I've actually had somebody come to me and try to send his girlfriend to be like me, and I was laughing like, oh, really? Right? Exactly. I'm funny. I was like, the nail right. works, the hammer's magic. That's rich. Well, well, I mean, really, they could save themselves the headache and just approach and just be straight to the point. And if that person's not down with it, they're not down with it and move on. It's over. But why go through the whole charade? And it gets me, nauseates me to my damn stomach when I listen to all these clowns standing up there. The black woman is God. The black woman is God. It's, it's just called prepping is what it's called. That's, 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 a, tech, that's a term and a technique it's called. It's, it's prepping. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate it, sis. We're going to take two more calls and wrap this thing up. I ain't forget about that okay. name thing. I just, just send me a thing through uh, Google. You've got to remind me to send it. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, he'll that. get to it when he's supposed to. <laughs> nah, just send me a reminder. And then uh, what I'll do is write it out on paper, take a picture of it, and I'll have to send it through you through Google. I'll send okay. it to you. All right, but Thanks. we appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. All right, two more calls, and we're going to wrap this puppy up. I got to bring in Lady Mystic because I want her to share her experience again. Lady Mystic, what's going on? Hello. Hey, what's going on? How's you freezing your ass off over there in Minnesota or what? Oh, you're not right. You're not right at all. That's not <laughs> <laughs> it is cold. It is cold. I wish I was <sighs> Oh, my God. What's, 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 what's going on? Well, first I'm going to oh, ask okay. if you got any questions. I've been down if you, uh, I want you to share your experience, but did you have any questions before we get to that? Um, anything you wanted to say? Any comments? Feel free. No, I just really enjoyed the ritual so much. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, I flew all the way from Minnesota, and it was my plan and my intention to obtain what I needed, and I, I, I received that. I, inwardly, I, everything that I needed, I I before I left I had it. And um it was so impactful inwardly and externally, I don't know how exactly to say it, but just everything was good and excellent. I mm-hmm. actually missed a lot of what was going on at the actual <laughs> ritual itself because I was just engulfed in um getting or receiving or I don't even know how you put it for myself, and every every question that I had every day um, right there in my mind, I had, I received the answer myself, or uh, the answer came uh, inwardly, which was uh, absolutely amazing. I had heightened understanding and clarity, and so uh, for me, I just kind of like blacked out, blacked out everything that was going on around me, and I just... Oh, yeah. I listened to the music and the drums, and I just—it's it, indescribable everything that was happening. And, 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 and let me say this: and, and in the beginning, this this is what kind of was like. I, I, and, and again, I brought this up last time. Um, and in one one uh, consultation, me and Lady Mystic did. I told her if she ever came to a uh, drumming event, that Congo Spirit would definitely. Because uh, she's got a lot of strong Congo spirits, you can see them all around, and that that would that, that would definitely kick in right away. I mentioned that to her a while back, and the thing that me and Ravon yeah. got through off it was crazy because uh, we came out every we did the you know everybody did the introduction they they cleaned themselves and we started to prepare and the very beginning of the ritual no more than 
Uh, I don't know. You say a couple minutes, roughly? Yep. Three sec- three <laughs> minutes flat. <laughs> I'm going to say no more than three to five. I was going to say three to five minutes. All of a sudden, we just heard, Bud, boom, hit the floor. So I was like, what the fuck? So Ravonna New turned to me, looked at me, and Lady Mystic was on the floor. I mean, you had to see it. To to I can't really put it into words. And then when she got up, she just was in her little space in 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 the spot we were in. It was like every time my spirit looked over there, she was in like her own little vortex. Like everybody was there, but she was in that space and she got locked in. So I could fully vibe when you were saying that you were kind of blocked out and engulfed into what you were doing. It's like you didn't really. It's not that you didn't wasn't paying attention to anything in the ritual going on. Yeah. Around. You just. You yeah. you you had what they call you you had that moment where you just got locked in and and your spirit basically at that particular time it was something that was craving and it was long overdue and that's why you got that clarity because that Congo spirit you got was like basically telling you you know it's about fucking time you know and really you just tap again you tapping into the end of depth of your subconscious mind but yeah mm-hmm. it was um yeah it was an yeah we actually I think part of it. I don't know if Sonia loaded that, uh, Ravana Noon. That's not on that intro because we only film we – can't, we can't film the whole ritual because obviously it can't be shown. We only film just the introduction and a couple snippets. And I think, I think in that one video that's posted, you, know, you can hear it in the background because you were to the left. I think in that uh, – I think it's the second part of the introduction video of the ritual that we had posted on the website where you see uh, – just the beginning of it starting. Uh, obviously, we don't show anything and you know intense because it's not for the cameras. But um, you can hear the part I believe on the video where you fall. You can't really see you, but you see you coming to the pitch at the end. But man, it, you can feel that that thing was like, like you can feel the power of that energy. Um, and again, it's, it's it's hard to describe this in words because that's why I say you got experience. But I'm glad you guys came on and. Um, uh, we're actually listening to the show tonight, so I can plug in and uh, you know share that with some of the listeners that maybe um, you know uh, weren't able to really relate to it. Hopefully, that helps to an extent. Uh, but anyway, is there anything else you you wanted to add, or anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there was it, everything was so well done. I, I mean, if I look at the aspect of on the human side. And, I mean, there was nothing to be afraid about. I mean, I did have some uh, hesitations and, and, you know, a little bit shy or what have you when coming down there. But the thing about it is, it's like I'm thinking, you know, I don't have anything to lose. You know, all I have is to gain is what I was thinking. But I just want to say real quick that I noticed that a lot of, you know, my prior religious experience, that I used to explain to be a part of the Holy Spirit or Christ or such, mm-hmm. I now realize it was just me and my higher self and my ancestors um, that, and, you know, I didn't even realize that. And, you know, a lot of times we say angels and different things. Well, those are ancestors. That's our higher self. And That's now it. voodoo, the, the church told me to stay away from voodoo, horoscopes, cards, black magic. And now, now you see why. Things, I, I, I'm now starting to uh, research and, and, and learn about it. And there's nothing to be afraid of. 
That's right. And um, I'm actually planning on going to my father's grave and doing a ritual there. And, mm. I mean, it's like it, there's no devil. There's no evil spirits. There's It's, nah. it's all in me. So, anyway, That's I'm, right. I'm enjoying the the path. I'm enjoying my path. I'm enjoying everything. Well, that's good to hear. And uh, actually, it was good to see you come down. And uh, I know I think you're possibly planning on coming down next month again. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we see you. And uh, we definitely appreciate you calling in and sharing that with us, uh, Lady Mystic. And we'll talk. Thank you. Peace. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. We're going to bring it in. We're about to wrap it up. You know who we're about uh-oh. to bring in, man. Uh-oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. You, got the, you got the drum roll? Got the drum roll? Yep. We're about to bring her in. I know we missed her the last two weeks. I think we didn't have time to get to her, but we got to bring her in. Texas Tree Hugger, what's going, what's going well, on? Well, 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 brothers. How are you all doing? <laughs> Very we're doing well. Good. We're doing good. We're doing good. What's going on? Talk to her. Hold on. First question. Hold on. Before she starts, first question. Did you feel the ritual? Did you feel the ritual? Well, oh, yeah. I, 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 you know what? That was the ritual on the 24th, and I've got a recording. I'm going to say, hold on for a second, because I, I m- mimic a beat that I heard. So I want to see if I can get you over here. Hold on. Uh-oh. Hmm. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let's see if she got the right one. Let's see if it's Baron Samdi. Let's see. Do you hear it? No. Can't hear anything. Okay. I can't hear All right. All right. Okay, hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's see if she tapped in. Sit down, sit down. Sit down. I can't. Oh, no, I can't hear. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. that's, that's that's similar. Um, that's I the I beat that I heard. Hold on. Hold on for a second. I, I recorded the beat that I, hold on, I had something else playing here. Okay. Sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down. Yes, it's similar. It's if if you know what, send me send me an email. I know you emailed okay. me once. Yeah, okay. and I'll, I'll actually forward you the MP3 of the actual rhythm because brother Mike, uh, he uh, when we're drumming, he actually records the MP3 of it, um, and we got about an hour of it. Uh, same thing when we did the Cali ritual, um, but that's now I can actually send you over. Uh, the the part of the ritual where it got the most intense uh, the beat that was playing it's it's actually I got it on an MP3 it's actually okay. live when we when we were actually playing it um so if you send me your email I'll send it over to you will do you can... I will do that mm-hmm. I will do that oh. this is... what you got for us well now this has been an excellent broadcast and uh, I just you know at the top of the call when y'all were talking about just facing as demons you know and that's something that I can say that I've been doing I was the one. That was I can't say I was spooked out. You know, somebody just brought up the Ouija board, and I I remember you know, when I was young, I, I we played that Ouija board, and we ran so hard from that Ouija board. You know, I I, I remember I was so spooked out. You know? Yeah, I was well, hugging some trees back then, and uh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, you was on. You was on them trees hard back then. Yeah, not the ones I was, you smoke. Was. Not the ones yeah. you smoke either. The ones you hug. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny you bring up the Ouija board because I remember when we were kids, the movie that would scare people was The Exorcist because mm-hmm. they, there's a scene in the uh, Exorcist movie where they show Linda Blair, you know, playing with the Ouija board in the beginning and they kind of tie that into the whole demonic devil thing. And obviously there was a series of movies that have come out the last several years called Ouija. Uh, I think there's like three or four of them. 
uh, with really bad acting in it and B and like B type budget. It's just like comical. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Ouija board was something we were always told as kids that was like very taboo and forbidden. Don't, don't fuck with it because, uh, you know, you could tap into spirits and become possessed and, and really what makes that happen? Can people become possessed? Yes, they can. If you convince yourself that you can become possessed, you sure as hell can. That's what people keep forgetting. It doesn't work unless you convince yourself it works. Same way with spiritual magic. The first person or the first thing that has to happen is the person that is doing the work must fully have convinced themselves that it's going to be effective. See, people don't understand the power of the mind. They keep forgetting that point. And it's the same thing when people call you on the flip side and they say, this, this is, this is it's not funny to me, but it kind of throws me back and it never gets old. People will say, I feel like somebody's doing something to me. They are because you've convinced yourself in your mind because you have an enemy or an adversary that you're at odds with. And then the mind starts to wander off. Oh, this person's doing uh, some type of voodoo on me or they're doing some type of roots on me. That statement in itself gives that person, if they are doing roots on you, that gives it validity just by that statement itself. People don't understand that. So you, first of all, two things got to happen. The person that's doing it has to be completely convinced that it's effective in what they're doing. And two, the person that's being done upon in this particular sense has to accept the reality that it's real. Because it's not effective, even if the person that's doing it, this is what I'm talking about now when you're doing individualistic work, if that's your, you know, your avenue. But you've got to be careful with that because that could backfire on your ass uh, if you're not in the right. But anyway, I don't want to go well, on a tangent on that. Oh, yeah, no, but you can be open and not even realize it if you don't have yourself protected and guarded. Uh, and that's the most, other thing I was going to say. Go ahead. Most definitely. No, 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 go ahead. You're right. Yeah, most because, definitely. because now, I, you know, what I was going to say, the more that I – that I that I grow and learn, the less that I feel that I know. And you, you hit that right on the head when you were just talking to the last sister. You know, when you were talking to her, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 there was so much more to learn. And that that path of self self mastery is an unending path. That's never ending. Yeah. If somebody had asked that, uh, somebody had asked that. I think it might have been Brother Mike Seth Asma had asked that. Uh, you know. Is this, is this a continuous process? And most definitely it is. You never, you never get up in the morning on this path and go, oh, I got it all figured out. I know everything. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Nope. That's not how this works because the reason why we chose this topic tonight, chaos and conflict, it's, it's always, there's always something that you're always going to have to be mastering and overcoming. Because, see, what people keep forgetting, regardless of how spiritual you think you are and how much you know, you live on the physical realm. You live on earth. You're going to deal with earthly bullshit. And anybody that tells you that the human earthly experience isn't part of your spiritual growth, run as far away from the motherfuckers as you can. Because I, I had one dude, and he, he couldn't grasp it. It was a while back, and he was asking the question. I don't know if it was on the show or it might have been through the YouTube. I can't remember. And the question was, oh, isn't this world just an illusion, and we shouldn't get trapped in the illusions of this world and you shouldn't be in the world. I said, well, if that's the case, you sound like there's a, there's a greater place for us after this. When it's all interwoven, the physical and the spiritual, well, yeah, well, you know, there's something bigger than this. So I said, then why don't you just kill yourself and speed up the process and get there quicker? And then it just gets quiet and you can hear crickets. Because, see, that's a slave mentality, too. See, people use that bullshit to escape from everyday reality. Most people that are spiritual and spooked out like that 
guarantee you they're, they're a mess in their personal life. They ain't got no money. They broke as hell. They got family problems. Most of the brothers that I've known said that they're even living in Pookie or Ray Ray's basement or in their mom's basement, and they work in some $8 an hour job. And I ain't trying to crack on people if you're in a predicament, but I'm saying these are your people that will use that high level of spookism to escape from everyday reality. The human experience has all to do with your spiritual growth. How can you not indulge in the human experience if you're going to, if you're going to master it? So people will tell you, stay away from that, or, or don't be controlled by lust and sex, or don't be controlled by this or that. Well, of course, you don't want to be consumed by it, but if you haven't experienced it, how do you know the formula to master it? And nobody has an answer for that. So you can't tell people, stay away, don't eat. Don't eat ice cream at all. I tell them that's bullshit, and I'm going to tell you why. How you – because with more per resistance becomes more persistence. You heard us say that a million times on this show. So if you think you're going to meditate a desire away, you're fooling yourself because that, that persistence becomes stronger with the resistance. So here's how you cater to that. Now, hey, people might beg to differ, but I'm telling you the shit works. It don't mean you can't eat ice cream. It just means don't eat the shit all the time every day. Yep. You, that's it. Stop being spooky. Not The diet thing, I could do eight classes on that. And, I, and I've gotten into heated debates with people. They think there's one particular diet for everybody on the planet. That's not true. And I can scientifically <laughs> prove it. Dr. Sabi's diet does not work for everybody. Being a vegan does not work for everybody. We've already talked about that. Uh, but I don't want to waste my time and energy on that right now. But the main critical thing on this, we, there is a part of this path called the doctrine, and I'm glad you bring this up, the doctrine of indulgence. One must indulge in some of those things. It's like we, we, we talk to couples or individuals all the time that are in sexually frustrating and sexually oppressed relationships. You want to know why? Because lack of communication. Because they're, they're afraid to communicate to each other what it is they like and don't like. And then what happens is they go elsewhere to get that desire fulfilled, fronting with themselves like they're spiritual and holy. That's a problem because you're going to find the sex force is a destructive force in the growth of certain people's spirituality because they don't know how to tap into it and they don't know how to deal with it. And you can pretend you don't have some, some of those, quote, unquote, not in a negative way because you hear the word perversions and people veer off in the negativity. You might have some of those aspects that you've been denying. And you put yourself in this situation where you feel you're in a good place, and it becomes mundane. And this is why a lot of relationships fail, as we talked about in the past, because the sex life is completely boring. It's mundane. It becomes routine. It becomes rudimentary. And you fool yourself and think everything is okay. And meanwhile, the female's not saying nothing. The male's not saying nothing. And you just go through the motions. And then you talk to them on the side, and you find out, uh, you know, they might, might like to get, <laughs> They might like to drink chocolate milk while having their feet tickled or some crazy ass shit. I don't know. And the thing is, nobody's communicating this shit. I, I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. And it's number one factor in that breakdown is communication. And it's the same thing. Food becomes some people's poison. They don't know how to discipline themselves with food. And they think going from one extreme to the other is the solution. I'm going to be a complete – and let me explain this. Uh, being a vegetarian is a diet, dietary choice. And I got I to gotta quote my good brother, Mortal Technique. Don't confuse that with being a revolutionary and somebody spiritual. It's a fucking dietary choice. Somehow that's become intertwined with being part of the cause. It's a goddamn dietary choice, okay? But that becomes people's uh, big conflict. 
because I've seen, look, man, I've watched dudes turn yellow because they were O-positive blood and they weren't getting enough of protein going on a vegan diet. And people with O-positive blood need high levels of protein. And sometimes you can't get that from being 100% vegan because regardless of how much protein you get from vegetables and quote-unquote organic foods, O-positive people were herbivorous people. They, they were flesh-eating people. And O-positive blood is the oldest blood on the planet. So if the original inhabitants of this planet were carnivorous, I'm sorry, not herbivorous, I said that backwards, carnivorous-eating people, the original inhabitants of the planet, because scientists have confirmed O-positive is the oldest blood, we were never really vegans by nature. But now people with A-positive, they're more passive. They are herbivorous-eating type of creatures. They were plant-eating creatures. So this is why they ate a lot of vegetation. But it goes according to tribe and blood, and this is why tribes warred. You can't, I'm telling you, I'm O positive. You cannot, you couldn't make me a vegetarian if you tried. And don't even waste your time and energy. Now, if you are a vegan, that's your thing. Power to you. Don't, I know what I need in my diet. Don't spread that bullshit to me because I already know. And most people don't even get a thorough checkup and check their iron levels, their calcium levels, their protein levels before they go on these diets. This is why you'll find a lot of people who need high levels of protein that go on these strict vegan diets, they get sick. Their skin starts to turn, their nails start to deform, and they, st- they think it's part of the cleansing process when it's actually part of the sickness process. Look, there's a, there's a skinny healthy and there's a sick healthy. And I can look at both and tell, which is, I don't care, even when you might create and say, look, I'm healthy. No, I've seen, I've seen the sick healthy, and it's not, it just makes me want to take them and go get them a damn steak sandwich or something and put something hot into them because there's a sick skinny and there's a healthy skinny. And you got to be careful, and you should know your blood type, and you should research it in depth before you take on any diet. I don't care what anybody tells you because, like, for an example, Dr. Sadie's diet is for people that are born and raised in a tropical environment. That's why most people from the Caribbean that leave places like Trinidad, Barbados, Jamaica, and they go to cold-ass climates like New York, Canada, London, this is why a lot of them develop diabetes and become sick and ill. You want to know why? Because their body can't adapt to all the processed foods. They left the Caribbean where they were getting natural sugar, sugar cane, brown sugar, and the body was able to adapt and process and assimilate those natural sugars because we know when we take in too much sugars, what does sugar store itself as? Excess carbohydrates. What does carbohydrates turn into? Fat. So nobody from the Caribbean should ever get diabetes. But why is it most of our people that leave the Caribbean and come to America they start to get sick. And then what happens is people from the Caribbean start sending this poison over to the Caribbean. They, they start sending white flour because it's cheaper. You can get it uh, cheaper mountain bags. So now you're going from natural shit you was eating, and it's about adaptability. This is what I'm saying. I know many people from the Caribbean that have diabetes and ailments that they should not have because they leave their natural inhabitant. When you are a tropical person, you should be close to the sun. Why do you think me and Brother Ravana Noon left goddamn New York and got out of that cold weather and came into, look, if you claim you're people of the sun, why the fuck do you want to live in that cold-ass weather all the time? You understand what I'm saying? Your goal eventually at some point should be to get closer to the sun. We talk about that shit all the time. But people want to know why they're sick. You ain't getting no sun, lack of vitamin D. And, if, and we're not talking about lack of vitamin D because of your outer pigmentation, because you could have somebody that's completely fair-skinned and somebody that's completely dark-skinned, and that fair-skinned person could be in much better health 
because their neuromelanin is charged on a regular basis and they're doing the right things, whereas that dark-skinned person can look good on the outside, but they're sick as fuck on the inside because that neuromelanin ain't getting charged correctly. Look, I'd be here all day talking about this shit. That's a whole other story. But I think you get the, I, I think you get the point. I think you get the point. Well, what I'm I wanted sorry. to say, oh, yeah, no worries. What I wanted to say is the root, the undercurrent, um, when you were talking about the relationships and the, the dietary regime, um, uh-huh. the undercurrent, or even when someone is dealing with, you know, the spirituality and, and dealing uh-huh. with any of the um, archetypes, at the end of the day, it's all, you know, we still have a lot of people playing the blame game. Yep. And, you know, once we take responsibility and, and put the burden back on us where it needs to be and stop mm-hmm. looking outside of ourselves or pointing the finger at somebody else for this, that, or the other, then mm-hmm. there, a lot of things will be corrected pretty much immediately. Actually, I mean, once, you, once you make the cognitive, cognitive decision to make the change and you actually go through the steps of making the changes, then everything will change around in your world mm-hmm. um, That's instantaneously. Correct. That's correct. And you always hear me and Ravana Noon, we always, we always say, you hear us all throughout many different shows say, look, on this path, not only do you take credit for your successes and you don't blame anybody or give credit to anybody for your success, but you also take the responsibility for your failures and you just hit it on the head. So, no, we never play the blame game on this path. We don't blame anybody externally outside of ourselves. Because, see, that's, that's, that's religion, too, because people, you know, when something great happens to a religious person, they say, oh, the Lord has blessed me. When something bad happens, oh, the devil did it. And as we said a million times before, their very God of the Bible created that same devil. So why don't people just say praise the devil, you know, because it's all coming from the same source and the same energy. So you can't separate the two. So us on this path, no, we never, ever play the blame game. If we fucked up and failed at something, it's our fault. We never say, oh, such and such set me up. Well, if they did set you up, you opened the doorway and gave them some type of avenue to, to, to give them a venue for you to fail. So you're, you're confusing it. So we always, I, I, man, I get that shit all the time. I'm so sick of people telling me stories of how people been out to get them and people been doing shit to them. What you really need to ask yourself is, like you said, if you analyze it, why are you constantly the victim? You're the victim because you're playing the role of the victim because you're putting yourself in that position and you're projecting a certain energy that's screaming victim. And people that are in tune can see that and say, bam, I got a victim. And you're open to it whether you're conscious of it or not. So it creates the illusion that somebody is doing work on you. We get that shit all the time. And then when we break that shit down and destroy it and say, look, man, this is what's going on. It starts up here in the top of that fucking skull of yours. Once you get that right flowing in the correct way, you're going to see that that's all an illusion. So what you said is key, but the problem is it's not as easy to get to that realization. People think they're there. They think they're there, but I'm going to tell you this. A lot of them aren't there, not quite yet. But anyway. I still have things that surface up, you know, to remind yeah, me that are. I still need to master, or overcome, overstand. Uh, got there, there, there comes a time where you got to stop hugging <laughs> I know. I keep, I keep holding on for dear life sometimes, and I'm like, oh, you just got to let me go yeah. for a while. Just give me a break. <laughs> You're coming off of them, though. You, 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 you know. And for those, for those that are listening and don't know what we're talking about, when, um, again, I know some people are like, yeah, what the hell are they talking about? When, uh, when Sister came on uh, a while back, when she first started listening to the show, she was uh, very, we call her a tree hugger because she was very fluffy at the time. 
And uh, so we, we were joking around about, you know, running out in nature and hugging the trees and all that. So it's a little joke we got. So if you're confused, mm-hmm. like, what the, what the hell are they talking about? Um, just a little joke. But, no, nah, you go at your pace. This is, you know, there, there's, there's mm-hmm. no correct way to go at this. You, you definitely have made progress. Um, but your case is a little bit different because, you know, again, everybody's, everybody's situation is unique. Not That's everybody's right. situation is the same. So there is no one correct formula. There is not one right way to do this. It's it's the way you need to do it. So you're doing it your way, and and that's all that matters. As long as you're comfortable with it and you, you're feeling good about it and you're getting results, who cares what anybody else thinks? That shit is irrelevant. Um, so you do you. That's all I can tell you. You do you. Thank you. And, the last thing and, I wanted to say before. Oh, mm-hmm. go ahead, brother. Was oh, that brother? Martin? No. No. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go Go ahead, okay. you got the well, last, the, the last, last thing, and we'll wrap it up. The last, yeah, the last thing I was going to say is that, you know, out of, like you were saying, out of chaos comes order. So, you know, with hmm. a little bit of chaos, I've, I've created some order. So now I have four of my ancestors. One, I, I didn't hmm. know, that, that actually walk with me, two in front of me and two hmm. behind. And hmm. I've identified who they are. And, nice. and, and one of them, very interestingly, is friend of mine's mother mm. and come to find out this friend of mine's mother and I in a prior lifetime mm. were first first cousins. Okay. As long as you as long mm, as long as you identify them, make sure you got yeah. something venerated. Make sure you got yes. something venerated on that ancestral altar. But you know what you know what's the beauty about this thing? Something Ravana Nunes said earlier, man. Just think, we, it, this just confirms we are not all equal and we are not all the same. That's the biggest bullshit. And just think about it. Think how boring this world would be if we were all equal and everybody was the same. It'd be a boring-ass fucking world to live in. Absolutely. You understand? What it, it would be completely boring. What would be the purpose? See, that's, I'm glad that was touched on earlier in the show because that is the biggest fucking illusion that one can get sucked into, that we're all equal. Because we're trying to chase after something that doesn't exist. It's not a reality. Because in that process, we're, we're not being who and what we are, you know, uh, what our potential is to be. Because we're striving to be something that's not a reality. And that's what we mean when we say you find out on this path that you might not really be who you think you are or who you created yourself to be. See, like Ravana Nunes said earlier, there's, you know, who you want people to see you as, there's actually, you know, what you're portraying to be or who you think you are and actually who you really are. And sometimes who you really are is not an easy pill to stomach because mm-hmm. sometimes you find out, okay, well, I, I am some of those things, but, wow, I thought I was a lot of these things here. And, I, and you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not really. You might, you might start to find out, okay, I, I got a bad temper or I can be a shitty parent to my, to my children sometimes or – you start reflecting back and maybe thinking about shit that happened with your, you know, your mother and your father, or you start reflecting back on things that you did, et cetera, et cetera, and find out, well, wait a minute, okay, uh, where did all this shit come from? So, yeah, that's the reality of it. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's an excellent point, excellent point. But Thank anyway, you. If, if you ain't got anything else, uh, Sister Trish, that is it. I left uh-huh. it, I'm going to ask you why. When, all, all bullshit aside, when, when are you going to get your ass down here? That's all we want to know. You know what? I, I think it's going to be sometime during the summer, to be honest with you. I, all right, I we're going to hold let you know. I have, I have some shifts already planned. So I've got, okay. I've got to, and then I've got to know what your schedule is going to be moving forward, and then I've got to be able to squeeze it in. 
That's cool. Well, I got I've got to make time for it. So I just, All right. Know. Well, here's the deal. I got dates locked to the August. And like I okay. say, send me, send me an right. email. I'll send over the Drummond file to you, and I can tell you what I do have locked is from now to August. Uh, we didn't want to go further past there in case something pops up and we can't commit. But I can tell you we pretty much got things booked throughout to the summer. And then uh, when June, July comes, we'll extend those dates out going into the fall. But I can right. tell you we got, we got dates locked until, up until the month of August right now. Wonderful. Beautiful. All right. So I'll, All right. I'll shoot those dates over to you. All right. We appreciate All it. All right. All right. My cool. pleasure. Thank you. All right, people. That's about have enough of this shit. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Appreciate everybody tuning in again real quick. Uh, tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., about to get it on, all black. Be prepared to dance, move, jump, whatever the hell it is you do. Um, just be prepared. Be prepared to participate and experience. Tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., Cultural Expressions, Hollywood, Florida. Uh, Shouts out to Sister Sophia uh, that lets, uh, lets us use her facility. She's a, uh, been a great supporter of ours uh, and doesn't charge us to use the place, but we just ask people just throw her a little donation. She has a little... Uh, jar on the way out, throw a dollar in there, $2, $5, uh, just just, uh, just make a small donation to her for letting us use the place. Uh, she doesn't charge us anything, uh, but out of respect, we like to just throw her a little something for, for using the spot. Uh, so that will be tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., uh, then followed by the next day, Saturday, Miami Gardens, uh, Sophia's Garden. I'll be doing a class there, again, the class titled uh, One Must Go Into the Darkness to Do the Work of the Light. That will be Saturday, 7.30 p.m., um, again, if you want information on any of these events, you can email us right here at the radio show, khnum19 at gmail.com. That's canum19 at gmail.com. I will send that flyer with the information over to you. Some of you all that are on the list already got the flyers, so you'll probably get another shot of that some point tomorrow. So if you're already on that list, some of you all have probably already received the flyers. Uh, and if you're on that text list, you'll get all the updates, uh, classes, radio shows, uh, you can also register here at TalkShoe.com, and anytime a new show posts, you get a shot right to your email. So there's many ways to stay in touch with us. That's the beauty of social media. You can stay in the loop without uh, not missing a beat. Uh, but we got shit going on monthly, um, and we don't charge for any of it. That's the beauty of it. We're not trying to uh, charge you for shit and making you join something. We're not recruiting you for anything, none of that shit. Uh, just bring your ass there, and that's it, and uh, we go from there. So, again, there's no charge for any of these events. Uh, just support the events, um, and that's the, best, that's the best thing I can tell you. Uh, other than that, you can reach me at that same email address, kanoom19 at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, Mother Nubia Inc. Uh, you'll see a bunch of videos on there. You can also go to the Mother Nubia Inc. Google Plus page. It has all the radio shows for Awakening Universal Minds archive. Uh, it also has the direct link right here to talkshoe.com. It'll take you right here to the talkshoe.com page. And you can go back into the archives and listen. We've had everybody on this show, uh, Dr. Phil Valentine, Dr. Jewel Pukram, Dr. Delbert Blair has been on the show, Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum has been on our show. Uh, I'm probably missing a bunch of other names. Uh, Brother Panic has been on the show, um, whoever else I missed. Uh, we, we, we used to bring a lot of guests on. We don't really do it right now because we did a lot of that in the beginning because we wanted people to see and hear everybody's different perspective. We, we might bring some of them back at, at some point. Um, but you can go listen to a lot of that stuff in the archives. We had a lot of them, and, you know, uh, especially shout-out to the great ancestor, Dr. Delbert Blair. Uh, make sure nobody forgets the brother. Um, if you go listen to the shows that we did with him, we did two shows with him, man, good shows. 
And uh, that first show, he dropped a lot of jewels on there. I would recommend people go back and listen to that show. Um, but good brother. Um, so, you know, definitely don't forget his legacy. He tends to get thrown in the wind sometimes. Uh, and other than that, you can also go to the Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page. Uh, you can leave us uh, any comments there, or maybe you got a suggestion on a show you'd like to see, a topic that we have not talked about yet, which I don't know what that is. Uh, I think we've covered a lot, but I'm sure there's something we missed. Uh, but feel free to drop us there. Brother Ravana Noon, go ahead, brother. Give you information. All right. Uh, for those who want to reach me, uh, you can contact me at Ravana, R-A-V-A-N-A, Noon, N-U-N, at Outlook.com. Once again, that's Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. Or you can reach me um, through my YouTube, Google Plus page, which is Dark Occultist 99. All right? Peace. I appreciate it, Brother Romano. Again, appreciate everybody tuning in. One thank you again on international listeners throughout the Caribbean, uh, London, Canada, uh, Philippines. Jagasu, I see. I don't know if you're still here. I saw you in here at some point. I think you left Jagasu and them out there in Australia. We appreciate you tuning in again as usual. If I missed anybody else, uh, we appreciate the support. Everybody across the United States of America, East Coast, Central, West Coast, we appreciate everybody's support. Thanks for tuning in. For those that are traveling to the event tomorrow, travel safe. We will see you there tomorrow, and uh, we will afterwards like we did last month. Uh, we usually after the uh, ceremonies where we all go out and get something to eat and kind of just hang out and chill. So if you're going to be at the event, you're more than welcome to join us after it's over. Uh, last, uh, last month we went to Flanagan's. It was pretty good. And uh, we was out for a minute over there just chilling and hanging out. Um, so feel free to join us. If you are coming to the event tomorrow, you're more than welcome to join us afterwards because um, we're definitely going to get our grub on when we're done. All right, we'll see everybody next week, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Awakening Universal Minds. Everybody have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Peace.